It's that time of the week again. It's Friday lunchtime, so that means Simon Roberts is here and me, Hector Drummond. And I'm sure Simon will give us one of his uh, famous film quotes right now. You just cost me $6,000. $6,000 and one Cadillac. That's right. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, asshole? Is this another one of your gangster films? It's another one of my Michael Caine impressions. Um, see, see if you can guess. Okay, let's leave it to the chat. Yeah, leave it to guess. the chat, as ever. I see um, there's uh, Jolly Jack in the chat there, his uh, creepy puppet podcast, uh, gaining a cult following, I notice. Um, I think Liam was quite badly injured uh, after last week's episode, but do tune in. I think he's regaining the power of speech, although one of his sphincters may be permanently damaged, not to say anything of the, uh, the psychological toll that the show is taking on him. But uh, good work from Jolly Jack there on the other channel. Uh, do tune in to Creepy Puppet Podcast at uh, 1.05 p.m., which is, in fact, around now. Um, yes, but you have to find it, which is virtually impossible. Some say it doesn't exist. That's part of um, the cult appeal. I thought what I'd do is I, I've given up on providing political quotes because it's it's too difficult to kind of authenticate them. So I thought what I would do is show pictures of ugly celebrities and politicians or, right. or, or politicians or celebs in their less glamorous poses. You so picked a corker I there. wondered if people could... Guess who that might be up on the screen? If you're listening in podcast form, mm. I'm afraid you're out. You, actually, you, you'd be better off if you can't so, see this picture. So, who who is that one? Uh, is it? Uh, let me guess. Is it uh, Martin Luther King? Uh, not, not no, sure that's no. Martin Luther King. Maybe okay. on an off day. It looks a bit like Carrie, doesn't it? It looks a bit like Carrie Simmons. I suppose it could be. And she yeah. was famously in some. Um, uh, racy play in her student days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see that the uh, the red satin ensemble with uh, gold nipple pasties is, uh, she's really working that look. And, um, you know, I, I think we should all be reassured that uh, this, this person is uh, in charge of, of things. It, who is it? Go on, tell us. Who is it really? Um, that is actually Alex McCarran uh, wearing a wig. No, it's so. not. It's yeah. not. It's it's Cara Delevingne. Oh, Cara Delevingne. Oh, right. She of Cara the... Delevingne or Mingegna, as I call it. Yeah, the, she of the thick eyebrows. And, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think um, Alphabet Cat had a good guess. Um, the Borg yeah. Lady from Star Trek. Yeah, yeah close. Quite. No, not Jerry Ryan. No, she's the uh, sort of slinky-looking woman that um, uh, nerds love uh, to uh, appreciate in, uh, in a unique, uh, liquidy way. But um, no, it's not Jerry Ryan. But uh, it's uh, not even close. Well, let's, uh, let's get let's get rid of that before people, because people might be eating. It's so. disturbing. Yeah, it's extremely yeah. disturbing. Yeah, I see. I'm, someone mentions uh, Johnny Kinder mentions uh, Kylie in the chat. There, I understand Kylie is going back to Neighbours with uh, Jason Donovan. Apparently, they are really? going to make a reappearance i saw um i mean it could be you know a sort of trolley kind of uh, meme on twitter that's just come up in the last week but i did see that there seemed to be a serious intent is it going to be a one-off or they're going to go back for a couple of well, who knows who knows maybe she's going to become a, like a sort of matriarch of uh, neighbors like uh, you know like babs windsor did with uh, eastenders <laughs> yes and uh, won't that be uh, won't that be great I think she's still well, a bit skinny though isn't she she'll need to put on some weights to play some if she wants to play some gruff chain smoking old yeah biddy I'm sure she'll uh, she'll uh, work her way into the park. Yeah, yeah, she's put on weight, says someone in the chat. Um, uh, apparently, Jed into I orbit. Didn't e I didn't even know neighbours were still going. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. Can 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 they please not just kill it? Anyway. I think it's I think it's dying of its own volition. Oh, not fast. It's not enough. an Australian show we want to bring back. Let's bring back Skippy. Let's bring back something wholesome, not neighbours. 
Yeah, um, uh, I'm going to get in some plugs to start with. Um, okay. My face mask cult book um, oh, is yes. available in no good bookshops, I'm afraid, but it is available Excellent. on Amazon. Yep. Amazon stock crashed in April, apparently, which is uh, good news. But oh. before it goes broke, you can still get a copy of my book. And I, I wanted to mention my book because there was a story on Politico about a <coughs> newly released biography about Jill Biden. Okay. Uh, the, husband, uh, the wife of Joe Biden, uh, mm. written by two well-respected Associated Press journalists. So, you know, a proper, proper book done well by some approved journalists. It sold a massive 250 copies in its first week, according to the company. So um, I don't claim to sell many books. You know, I don't, have, I don't have PR behind me. I don't have a publishing company. I don't have an agent. It's difficult for me to sell any copies, so please buy it. But even I can say I've done better than that, I think, so far. Have you had any five-star reviews? Have, have, has everyone in the chat gone off to Amazon and other online retailers and loaded you up with uh, gushing, fulminating uh, reviews? I haven't noticed any reviews yet, but there no, might have funny. been some recently mm. because you don't get any notice. You don't get an email notice or anything about reviews yeah. coming in. And, and you probably have to prove that you've purchased the book or something, don't you, in order to actually Not, leave a review? Think, I think really? just, just to get... They do this, this thing now where it says verified purchaser or something. Okay. But I don't yeah. think you have to be that to leave a review. Fair enough. Yeah, so get on down to Amazon and uh, just make up a whole bundle of reviews, people. Uh, it doesn't matter about truth anymore. We're living in a post-truth age. But, you know, give the emotional truth about Hector's book. That's what we uh, that's what we support and believe in. Um, whether there's facts involved, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of facts involved because Hector researches everything extremely diligently. But uh, it's nonetheless, it's the message that's important, the message you, in the medium. You can make up some some helpful white lies, if yeah. if you like, about, you know, Hector's um, sexual magnetism and, and things like that. If you want, yeah, and, I, and you could compare it, as I did the other day, to um, the sort of book that uh, Douglas Murray would have written uh, if he hadn't had his head stuck up his bottom for the last few years, noticing all of our freedoms going down the toilet. Yeah, that's right, yes. Yeah. Douglas, well done. Um, I should do a little plug for... <laughs> I so don't know do what's a going on with this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Keep, no, so go stop his head going up there. Yeah, keep his mouth shut. He's on every podcast at the moment. I, I was forced to endure watching him on uh, Jordan Peterson's one uh, yesterday evening. Well, I wasn't forced. I, I looked out of morbid curiosity. But uh, he, didn't, he didn't say an awful lot. And Jordan Peterson didn't say an awful lot that we didn't know already. Has he got so a book coming out by any chance? He's had a book come out, The War on the Let's West. Let's not mention not, not mention it. The War, the war on... Yeah. You know, when when mm. um, Karl Popper had a, a famous book called um, The Open Society and Its Enemies, right. the joke that went around philosophy departments for decades after that was the book should have been called The Open Society by One of Its Enemies. <laughs> well, yes. And I think that, I think uh, that kind of applies to, to, to Douglas, maybe, if we're being uncharitable yeah <laughs> the war on the west by one of the people declaring war on the west well this is this is this 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 turns in with uh, robert conquest's third law of politics isn't it the way to explain the behavior of any organization is to assume that it's run by a cabal of its enemies and if indeed the sort of current you know anti-woke industry is indeed becoming an industry and, the, and you know a form of if you like loosely distributed organization of commentators perhaps um yeah we should assume that it's being run by uh, oh no it doesn't work does it yeah uh, well anyway you know, i think i think it's i think douglas is probably uh, you know, doing very well out of all of this stuff and uh, you know good luck to the lad he's made good He's come from nowhere, scraped his way up from Eton, and uh, look at him came, now. Well, he came, came from West Bridgeford, actually. West Bridgeford, really? Yeah, in uh, the suburb of Nottingham. Douglas Murray? Posh, yeah, posh suburb no. of Nottingham. He, no, he, he didn't. Did. He did. I thought he came from the Isle of Lewis or something, didn't he? In the Hebrides, isn't he? He a little, might have done originally, but he lived in his teenage years in West Bridgeford yeah. in Nottingham. 
Really? That's yeah. amazing. Um, I, I think, think he went to West. I think he went to West Bridgeford School for a while, but then he got into right. Eton. Okay. It all changed after he got into Eton. Yeah, it all went downhill from there. Douglas uh, sailed into uh, a layer of social misery that none of us shall ever know with his uh, flat in New York and his nice house and all of his money. Uh, and his the dinners, rest of with, us... dinners yeah. with Clive James. Yes. Clive James. Did he really have dinner with Clive James? Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. that would have been nice. Mm. Um, we know someone who did um, the lighting for Clive James's um, flat on the um, Thames when he was uh, still in the land of the living. A friend of ours, Tom, did lighting for his Tom, little... Tom, um, Tom, you still listen to the show. I don't know if he still does. Tom, where's Tom these days? I don't know. Yeah, Clive James used to have a little poker den and Tom did like a special uh, lighting instalment for it, I believe. I could be yeah. wrong, but I don't think no, I am. No, that's right. I remember that story. Yeah. Yeah. Poor old Clive. Where is he now? Dead. Yes, he's dead. He's dead. But nevertheless, um, thank right, you to okay. London Raider, by the way, who guessed, uh, guessed it was Glengarry Glen Ross, uh, the quote. Um, I don't know if you could tell my subtle uh, Al Pacino impersonation there, but uh, well done, London Raider. Fast Googling once again. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should mention this show. So, you know, the, the Loz of Fox podcast um, on, on this app call in. Oh, yes. Yes, I listened to the first one with our friend Ben Pyle. It was excellent apart from the sound quality which was a bit was. iffy to some people and i couldn't i couldn't get on because they had sound issues for so long that i had to go is that um, what happened the, they just said it's it's taking so long we're gonna toss you off for the next week so no no i i had to go i had to go to oh. do something so i said sorry i can't do it they said i can do another one um thing is i, I they, yeah the advertising for it they're just not advertising it it's on this app call in that's true and alex has said to me Oh, mm. can you can you mention it on your show a bit so we can get some okay. some listeners? Uh, sure, but they don't yeah. seem to be putting it on their Twitter do, or anything. What do we think? I should be doing favors for that Lawrence Fox character. I mean, you know, I don't I don't want to you know, I don't want to sound bitter or anything, but you know, uh, oh, don't I've, go I've got stories again. about that guy. Yeah, you and your twenty bloody pounds. Yeah, you're not going to ask me about that, are you, by any chance? Yeah. I'm not, but I'm yeah. sure you talk about it anyway, won't you? Sure, did you sure. get it back from yeah. him? Oh, that's right. I was going to ask you. You <gasps> went to James's event, did you? Did you James's see Loz, Loz Delling Loz Pod Live in London at the Emanuel Centre last, uh, was it last Friday, I think? Um, yeah, anyway. Yes. Um, very interesting. Yes, yes, very interesting. You can all see the videos up on uh, YouTube and all of the other, uh, you know, um, podcast distributing services that James used. Um, very impressive turnout, very good crowd. Emmanuel Centre, you'll recognise it if you've watched a lot of those kind of spectator panels and uh, debates uh, in the past few years. Very, uh, very nice venue. Um, went in and uh, I, I didn't pay for it, by the way. I just sort of walked in and, and uh, said, where's the toilet? Which is my uh, standard go-to line for passing by the awkward question of, have you got a ticket? And uh, that was pretty easy. So I just sort of went down to where the toilet was and saw Alex and a bunch of people queuing for drinks and all that. And then uh, just wandered <coughs> into the auditorium, really, and sort of took a took a seat on one of the very hard pews that they have. I do advise you, if you're going to see anything at the Emanuel Centre, do take an alternative form of seating of some kind, a very comfy chair or at least lots of blankets and cushions and spread out along the uh, luxurious uh, length of mahogany uh, wood under your bottom because it I think, is I think very a cushion, hard. I think a cushion rather than your own chair. I don't think it'd be going very know. well if you turned up with your own chairs that I use for cricket. Maybe you could wheel in your own X chair, you know, as advertised on London Calling for a £1,000 each and uh, you can plug it in and it'll uh, massage your bottom for you. Um, but yeah, go into the Emanuel Centre and uh, actually there's lots of space actually, so if you did, y y you might actually want to go in a wheelchair because they well, always I was just about to say space. that, yeah, get a wheelchair because yeah. you get a nice comfy one Get uh, one and then also like you can sit where you want. 
Get one like um, Mason Verger, uh, as played by Gary Oldman in Hannibal, and you can talk like this and sort of walk in with a deformed face and uh, you know, sit at the front watching the show for free. And um, you can get someone else to push you in and you both get in for free because no one's going to ask exactly. you for your tickets. Do a, do a kind of Little Britain sort of thing. Yeah, you know, like you're the carer. <laughs> if they ask ask for the ticket, you just because you'd be the one in the wheelchair, you just start going, and I can say, oh, don't, don't, look what you set him off now. Just, yeah, just keep quiet, just say, please. Exactly. Just say, where's the toilet? And if they, you know, if they refuse to budge, just wet yourself. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll just let you But you don't say, where's the toilet? You say, where's toilet? Toilet. Now that's that's rude and crude and discriminatory against our disabled listeners, like Liam uh, from no, some, uh, Jolly some Jacker. People, some people are like that. You're merely pretending to be one of them, but it's not much of a pretense. Let's face anyway, it. Anyway, so I went in and uh, it was um, they had a first of all a, a panel with uh, Lois Perry of the uh, Car um, Climate uh, Action uh, People. Um, which was, uh, I didn't ha catch most of that, actually, because I decided to go out the front and have a chat with Dick Dellingpole, who was there, selling an array of Dellingpole merch, which was very nice. Um, and then I, I dribbled back in later for the bits so, where... So let uh, me get this straight. You, you yeah. snuck in for free, but you yeah. didn't even have the dignity to sort of <laughs> stay and listen to the woman I, I did event I, you snuck in for free. I for. must admit, I didn't watch the, the climate action stuff because I think I just felt on that day it was... The news has been getting on top of me lately, and all this climate stuff is just part of this depressing trend towards people sort of you know, making us spend lots of money for very little in return, and even talking about it now. It, it drives me nuts, but I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm much more of the the, the mind of um, our good friend Ben Pyle, who uh, does you know very very eloquent pithy tweets every day and uh, sums up the madness in just about the most distilled and bearable form I can manage. People talking for an hour about it, it just feels like kind of you know impossibly bleak whining after a while. Um, but good luck to them and uh, you know and their project, and uh, I'm sure you'll be seeing more of them around the place. And then so not, and not only not only did you sneak yep. in for free, you've told everyone else how to do it in future. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, the manual said it's a it's a pretty soft touch, I must say. Yeah, they didn't uh, they didn't uh, do much to challenge me very hard. I kind of did that trick of like you wait till everybody else out the front who's having a fag. Uh, all of our friends, Bob Moran, uh, Lawrence Fox, Alex McCarran, and uh, I saw James Benbridge was there as well, and um, Abby oh, Roberts. And so I waited till they'd all had their fag, and they trundled inside. And then you sort of do that thing of like, you know. You know, being drawn in the wake of those people, and it looks like everybody's gone in, and then the door staff aren't paying that much attention. And then you can you, pull you the, snuck in the on James Bembridge's coattails. This just gets I, worse I, and worse. I, I sort of, I sort of did. Well, I actually sort of was going up the steps, and I sort of chatted to him briefly, and uh, you know, but then fell. Yeah, yeah, didn't pull my toilet trick thing. So, um, yeah, anyway, the next bit after the climate thing was um, Dominic Frisbee came on and played the old ukulele and, uh, and did a few of his uh, amusing songs. And then it was uh, time for James and Majid Nawaz to sit down and chat for quite a long time, at least an hour and a half or something. And um, that was, yeah, that was interesting. I think Majid went off on one, though, a bit. You can probably all tell if you, um, you know, you, you watch the video or listen to the pod. Um, um, the sort of interview element fell away quite quickly and it just became a kind of uh, uh, Majidologue, a monologue from Majid. And um, it sort of, yeah, he sort of went off at the end about, you know, it's basically us versus the Nazis. And, and, and I sort of, I don't know, I, I had drifted a bit, I must say, by that point. I didn't find his analysis completely compelling in that way, but he meant well. And uh, who are we to fault the boy? Uh, he's done good and come from nowhere, etc., etc. Um, and then afterwards, we repaired to a public house around the corner, the Granby, 
and had, uh, uh, well, I had a pint because I was fasting of uh, cider and chatted away with uh, some nice people um, and, um, and London but not, Raider. not James and Marja, though, because they, they went off somewhere fancy. No, they? they went off to the, uh, the Carlton Club, or See, at least James uh, and Dick did anyway. And, and you James got stuck, stuck with London Raider. Yeah, as I say, uh, there were some very nice people there and London Raider. And uh, we had a, a chat at the uh, the pub and then he, he piked off early. He, he couldn't he couldn't take it. The, uh, oh, you know, Cadbury kid, glass and a half. And uh, yeah, off he buggered to his uh, hotel. And I met the very nice Josh Wesson, who is one of our fans in the chat. He may be there. I don't know. But he was a very charming young man who uh, we chatted away for a while about the state of Britain. And um, yeah, that was sort of it, really. And then I got on the motorbike and went home. And um, yeah, there you go. Oh, and the 20 pounds. The 20 pounds. Have I told you? No. Loza. Right, right, right. Because this is there? the thing I... Yes, he was. He was on that climate panel. And then that bit finished. And then I was sort of meandering into the lobby a bit. And he was out the front, as usual, having another of his rolly fags and uh, chatting away. And I came up behind him, put my hand on his shoulder and uh, and sort of collared him, as it were. And uh, and then I think Dick was standing next to him and said, hey, you owe Simon 20 pounds. And, and Loza gave me a great big hug. And he said, really, do I owe you 20 pounds? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, um, and uh, I turned my back briefly and he legged it across the road and was in a cab. Right. Good and on him. off. Yeah. So After well, all, you, you, you stuck into that event. Why would you give a criminal money? You, you feel in a way it was a kind of moral justice that was dished out by the fact that I, I sneaked in effectively stealing money from from the organisers. And and so the fact that Lawrence didn't return my money, it's a kind of there's a kind of karmic balance there. Well, look, as I said, you, you know, the, the, the talent shouldn't be expected to to be worrying about things like um, well, Peter's because he was speaking yeah. at that well, let's not go into that again that's what I said to him I said you know there the talent doesn't pay but then I thought yeah but I do want my 20 quid back and uh, so yeah the, the saga goes on uh you will uh, hear updates here first or when I finally uh, corner him uh in uh, in uh, such a manner that he cannot uh, merely uh, escape into the comfort and security of a London cab as he did oh you don't want the 20 quid you just want the attention from star you're a star I wanna make bucker it I want to make it into a saga, yeah. So uh, eventually there'll be a kind of final battle where, you know, we, me and Lawrence, you know, face each other off and I get my 20 quid back. Mm. Anyway, I was going yeah. to say, um, yeah. uh, before you rambled on for yeah. 40 minutes there. Simon, I did, yeah. Um, Loza Fox's episode is called Growler Prowler. Episode Growler three Prowler. of the Loza Fox, which they never advertise. Growler Prowler, right. <laughs> yes. Laws suggests wow. the recent UK local elections uh, issues a midterm report for Labour leader Keir Starmer, bad, and ponders whether the West is in terminal decline. Right. Okay. So going on the Douglas Murray uh, coattails again. Uh, yeah, the West is in terminal decline. Um, we knew that. Let's move on to solutions. Yeah. The solution right. phase. Well, yeah. the solutions will probably get us banned from YouTube, so not too much on the solutions. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we want, uh, you know, present and incipient solutions, not final solutions. None of that talk in the chat, please. Quiet, no sniggering at the back. Uh, we want uh, solutions to the problems that we are in. And uh, yes, London Raider, I didn't buy you a beer. Yes, that's true. Let's talk about the um, incredibly important local council elections. Yes, let's so talk about them. So I'm just looking at the front page of the <laughs> Telegraph. So far, the Conservatives have lost 151 oh, seats. Uh, Labour have gained 93 Liberal Democrats have gained 54 and the Green Party have gained 27. And all I can say really is who the hell gives a shit? What does what, it matter? What it's was just, that? 
it's just the old uni party seesaw isn't it yeah. it's yeah. just the endless back and forth as long as politics is just this endless back and forth the country were just going down the plug hole as long as people keep voting for these useless establishment parties back and forth back and forth back and forth it's just yeah. a game of tennis it's just pointless it is it is it is uh, run those figures past me again how many how many uh, Conservatives lost 151, Labour gained 93, Lib Dems right. gained 94, uh, 54, right. yeah. Green Party gained 27. Yeah, yeah, but but it's the same old kind oh. of sort of sort of odious Farago that we see every time with a midterm election of any kind, as we're going to see, you know, m well maybe in America, I don't know, but uh, this this thing of yeah, okay, we do a little bit of musical chairs, the Lib Dems get a few seats, the Labour get a few protest votes. I believe the Greens did quite well. In, yeah, in some tw areas 27 extra seats but it's just tweedledum and tweedledee it's just swapping swapping things around between them constantly greens advancing like triffid says johnny kinder in the chat i mean he's not wrong i mean this is the thing of you know even this is possibly even people who know how bad the green agenda is and are so desperate so desperate they would rather have those kind of nutters i mean what's that funny little australian woman who runs the greens you know the one i mean um you know the one yeah. who's not caroline lucas is she yeah. still involved i don't know i don't know maybe she's not ben Pyle would know ben is the funny little australian woman still involved with the greens i anyway you know uh ben oh, Pyle says um, big increases Rainer's... in votes for independence sorry where there are low, low traffic networks yeah Angela Rayner's Growler, Mark Jennings says, that's what Growler pr Power or Growler Prowler was about, I presume, actually. Right. You see, yeah. when I heard the word Prowler, I was thinking there is like a gay sex shop in Soho that used to be called Prowler, um, which is the one that's just opposite the uh, the Raymond Review Bar. Um, was there for many years. I remember it once because I was sort of standing outside waiting for somebody to go and have a drink. And I looked in the window and there was like a sort of action man that they had on display in the window. And he was dressed like a policeman, only he had um, a little plastic penis sort of jutting out of his leather policeman trousers. Right. And that, okay. that made an impression on me. I'm just ben saying. Paul says big increases in votes for independence. Yeah, there are LTNs, low Lo traffic. What is it? Low name? traffic neighbourhoods. Neighbourhoods. Yeah. This is like in London, yeah, where they're sort of bollarding off the street and you know putting up cameras and stuff to you know stop people driving their cars. I mean, what is? I mean, the problem with London is not it's not the traffic. It's the bloody roadworks everywhere. You go down and they're just constantly digging the place up like a like a, you know. A, what i don't know it, you know it's like a, it's like a cemetery in a war zone it's constantly being overturned and you know one-way streets put in and, and all. natalie bennett that was do you mean natalie bennett form. yeah well ben paul saying she's a peer now look at her she can't even spell bennett properly it's got two t's on the end not one uh yeah london is just i mean it was it was i don't know it was it was fine when i lived there but it's all gone to ruin now i'm just saying maybe the two are connected <clears throat> Yes. Did you see the, the Express headline? I think I've got it somewhere. I'll right. put it up. The Express headline um, from a couple of days ago, a day or two ago, saying, shackles off PM to rid Britain of EU red tape. Oh, yeah. Do you think they were getting a little bit worried about the local council elections and thought, let's let's do one of those bullshit yeah. announcements that, that will get the base back on side? That's a new department they're introducing, by the way, the Department of Bullshit Announcements, like that Ministry of Truth they're having in the US. Um, well, I don't think it's a new department. They've had it. That's basically not yeah. only they've had it for decades. It's what their party exists on. Yeah. That's all their party is. Just yes. a bunch of bogus fantasy announcements. Yes. Tory Central Office uh, press officer, the uh, Department of Bullshit Announcements, shackles off. That's uh, that reminds me of the Creepy Papa podcast a bit, I must say, uh, shackles. But anyway, uh, PM to rid Britain of EU red tape and Kate Middleton in the pretty dress. 
Oh, so now the election's over, we're sure to hear no more of this and no more of the sending migrants to um, <coughs> somewhere in Africa anymore. No yeah. doubt that will be quietly shelved or yeah. stopped yeah. by some stopped by some court action or something. And we'll never yeah. hear of it again. Yeah, it's the finest uh, eaten distilled copium that's uh, being uh, pumped into the veins of Tory boys everywhere so they can go rah, 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 wave a flag and uh, talk about the good old days with Maggie and, uh, and, and, and just ignore the fact that the world is falling to pieces around their, uh, their fat red ears. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a distraction, I would say. Um, very similar to something I noticed this morning, Matt Hancock coming out on uh, City AM talking about promoting crypto. I mean, oh my I mean, God! Did you you've actually done some research, Simon? You found some news to talk about. Well, I mean, I say research. It's usually basically going through my Twitter feed on the morning, and uh, thanks to one of my followers, Ian Dooley, and I, I just nicked the story off him. I didn't even give it a like on his uh, feed. I just sort of thought I'll retweet that and I'll say something about it that everybody will think is amazingly devastating and funny and witty, and uh, and uh, nobody's liked it so far. So um, I've, I've been punished justly for my theft of, of a tweet, my tweet theft. Um, we could talk about that, couldn't we? Um, yeah. So, yeah, Matt Hancock uh, sort of going, yeah, everybody should get involved with crypto. Um, but he's also saying, uh, yeah, but you can also lose your money, right? <laughs> sure. I mean, you can. You can lose your money. But also part of the article that was very relevant saying uh, Matt Hancock does not own any crypto. <laughs> so once again, the elite school of encouraging you to do things that uh, when you find out what they're doing, uh, they don't seem to be doing the same. Yeah, they're all getting yeah. uh, you to inject yourselves with stuff uh, while they are not injecting themselves with anything at all. I'm sure. Maybe that's mm. just a rumor. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, Matt Hancock, he says, buy some crypto. I mean, that just seems like a front story for um, the idea of getting people used to and normalized to the notion of, you know, uh, intangible digital assets, uh, which are, you know, obviously, you know, to a certain degree risky, to a certain degree, maybe they're a great investment, but it's getting people used to that thing of moving cash into the virtual and then lo and behold, what's going to happen is they're going to be pushing the central bank digital currency, which we know yes. they intend to do. Yeah, the Brit, the Brit coin. Hancock coin says clear them out. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so, yeah, but I mean, it, it's also this thing of it's giving him a little. I thought, has he been given this as a mission by uh, Dishi Rishi, the chancellor, to go out and sort of rehabilitate himself by, you know, doing a little bit of kind of slightly wild out there kind of let's run this idea up a flagpole stuff uh, and get people thinking, well, maybe he's not all that bad, Matt Hancock. He's playing to that libertarian vote in the Tory party. Let's see what happens. Maybe he's a really cool guy, you know, when. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, uh, shagging women he's not married to and uh, uh, and being a minister. And now he's kind of off in the back benches and talking about how wonderful it is. He's, uh, yeah, he's getting on with the job of rehabilitating his uh, sullied reputation by uh, sort of becoming a bit of a bit of a little hipster. Um, yeah, well, he's, he's trying to suck up to journalists as well, because he did a tweet the other day, a few days ago, saying, our country's free press underpins our democracy and we should mm. always protect it. This is World Press Freedom Day, and I pay tribute to journalists around the world who work every day to fight for truth, hold the powerful accountable, and strengthen democracy. What? I mean, yes, this wasn't Hat Mancock, the parody account. This was actually Matt Hancock praising yeah. journalists for holding the powerful accountable and fighting yeah. for truth. I mean, this, this, this is the guy who basically tried to destroy anyone. His government tried to destroy anyone. Who, who spoke truth to power, who held them accountable. And so it's yeah. just, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's so unbelievably hypocritical. And he wasn't the only one. You had Justin Trudeau. This is what Justin Trudeau said. Right. To journalists across the country and around the world, thank you for your relentless pursuit of the truth and for your commitment <gasps> to sharing those truths. 
Today we celebrate your work and we pay tribute to your colleagues who have been injured or lost their lives on the job. Yeah. And there was some one journalist on Twitter, Blue Check, said, you literally had me arrested for trying to cover a press conference of yours. <laughs> and Ursula von der Leyen was at it as well. Yeah. She said, on World Press Freedom Day 2022, Europe stands by those who speak truth to power. No journalist shall be silenced or intimidated. Protecting media freedom and pluralism is protecting democracy. That's why we're fighting against abusive lawsuits and preparing a Media Freedom Act. Yeah, I think we know what's going to be in that Media Freedom when Act, you, don't Yeah, we? when you need to have a Media Freedom Act, you know it's not going to involve uh, the vital component of freedom. Uh, that's, uh, don't don't when, just do it. All they do is a little thing of redefining journalists. A journalist means someone who, who spreads the truth, and the truth is defined by them. Anyone yeah. who doesn't spread the truth is not a journalist. They are a misinformation a yes. hate monger. Yes. Spreading the truth like a farmer spreads manure all over his land. And uh, don't we feel the better for the uh, the rich and uh, meaty smell of it uh, every day in our nostrils from the major. Uh, 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 oh, dear. I'm just looking at the names for uh, a Hancock coin, uh, wank coin or cock coin could be the uh, uh, upcoming uh, versions of uh, crypto uh, being uh, endorsed by uh, the uh, the uh, the late Matt Hancock. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, all of those uh, coming on stream here. I'm going for the cock coin personally. I think that's got a, a cheeky ring about it. Uh, yeah, not the kind yeah, of cheeky ring that Jolly Jack is thinking of, by the way. So uh, settle down at the back. <coughs> yeah, uh, I, I should say, just speaking modern journalists, you know, I think pretty much most of them are complete nutcases. Yeah, especially, especially, and I don't want people to think I'm misogynistic. Especially the women. There's so yes. many loony women journalists, and here's one called. Yeah. Uh, she's called Yada Yuan, or Yada right. Yuan, and she works for the Washington Post. Is that a joke name like Batty McHattie or something? She just sounds crazy. Yada, what, Yada, no, I'm, is that I'm, like I'm probably mispronouncing yeah. it. Okay. Uh, she was. She went to the White House correspondence dinner. No. And she said, she tweeted that she was afraid of breathing near people. Uh, she said it was like uh, a horror film event. Uh, here's a quote. This room is like a horror film. No exits. Literally getting trapped between tables. Fear of breathing near people. But people are everywhere. Creeping sense that you're the only one who knows this is insane. Right. This is literally what she tweeted. Wow. Um, during, during the correspondence dinner. She started, basically started freaking out because people weren't wearing masks. Yeah, she sounds uh, right off her mash. Um, um, but uh, what a pleasure to uh, enjoy the work of uh, so-called, as you said, when you said modern journalists, that sort of rather triggered me. It just thought, yeah, it, modern journalist. I mean, it, it kind of sounds like basically not journalist, doesn't it? It sounds like ersatz well, they're, journalism. They're not, they're yeah. not journalists, are they? Decaffeinated they're just, truth. They're, they're activists. I mean, journalists in the past had their faults. They were often um, arseholes. Liars. <laughs> Uh, shilling for the regime just like they yeah. do these days but yeah. at least they were mentally robust that's Whereas right yeah journalist just 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 tends to be uh, a seething mass of neuroses as well as yeah being a crooks and liars yeah exactly walter duranti we haven't forgot you by the way so uh, yeah uh, journalists in the past uh, yeah they were bastions of uh, truth and honor and uh, oh i'm sorry no that's uh, that's a fiction that never actually happened folks we're still in a dream like in that season of dallas where she opens the shower and uh, bobby ewing is there and it was all a dream she she was she said that um before attending the dinner she'd been asked by the washington post to avoid her workplace for a week after the event <laughs> It sounds like she's been avoiding the workplace for many years, in fact. Uh, the, uh, the stricture and discipline of producing work uh, that corresponds with the notion of truth, I think, has eluded her expertly for some time by the sound of it.
She also said she, um, uh, so towards the end, she put on a mask. It was an unmasked <laughs> event, but she put one on towards the end. A technique, yeah. my dad says, is like closing the barn door after the animals have got out. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I think wearing a mask is probably a pretty good description for what most journalists are doing, really, isn't it? Uh, you know, they, uh, they are, they are, what was it that Jonathan Aitken said years ago about going in with like the simple sword of truth or the shield of truth or something like that you know this is before he was sent to prison <laughs> yeah go and look that one up uh, that was back in the days of cash for questions al fired and all of that uh, glorious stuff that was happening in the uh, latter years of the major government uh, go and enjoy uh, those tales of uh, jiggery pokery and uh, political uh, uh, yeah anyway go on did did um <laughs> did i mention that we're rating as well as talk tv Excellent. Yes. Yes. I noticed that because we have got literally thousands of uh, listeners and viewers and uh, all over the world and Talk TV, their ratings have been plummeting. apparently. Well, at least as well as Tom Newton Dunn's show, Tom Newton's Dunn, because, you know, statistically speaking, our our viewing figures are indistinguishable from zero, really. Yes. But Tom Newton Dunn's, his recent show for half the show, they had zero registered viewers. <laughs> And of course, this they do they do random surveys for this. So it's not like there might yeah. have been people watching, but not enough of them to actually register with the you know the random surveys they do. So yeah, yeah, basically probably about the same amount as us. This is this is Tom Newton done. I mean, I'm actually older than him. I can't believe that. I mean, he looks so much more mature and sensible than I do. Um, and he was always on uh, that um, Sunday politics with uh, Andrew Neil uh, back in the day. And I always remember feeling because he was always be on with. Um, um, bu, 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 sort of Amal Rajan and was it Amal Rajan or someone else? That no, was another Indian guy and Isabel Oakshot. And you could tell by the way Isabel Oakshot would be sitting in the chair listening to Tom Newton Dunn. She really fancied him. And uh, he was kind of like a sort of tall, sort of conservative, middle of the road, voice of common sense kind of chap. Um, whereas I, I just think he's, uh, he, he's bland and dull and uh, idiotic and, and probably a perfect fit for talk TV right now because, as you say, the, I understand, yeah, Piers' show kind of had a, a big flourish to start with uh, until it came out uh, as Nigel Farage uh, uh, made a big song and dance of that uh, Piers Morgan had somewhat deceptively edited the promos to suggest that uh, older uh, Trumpy had uh, stormed off in a great big huff. Uh, because of Piers' forensic and uh, sharp questioning, when in fact no such thing had happened. They'd all had a jolly good laugh, and uh, Piers had gone and uh, put together his grubby little hit piece, which uh, Nigel duly called out. Yeah, I'm surprised that Piers Morgan made such a big thing about the first show's viewing figures, because you knew there'd be a lot of people watching it just to see what it was like, but after that, things would decline, uh, as they did. So his viewing figures now are pretty, pretty damn poor. And some people are saying mm. what this shows is that Piers Morgan isn't popular anymore because he advocated <gasps> lockdowns. Yeah, I don't really agree. I think there's some truth in that. But I, I think the main reason his viewing figures aren't very big is because, I mean, who, who are his fans? Yeah, I think they're mostly lower middle middle class people. Yeah. And they only watch mainstream channels. Yeah, they will not seek out some weird channel on 567 or whatever it is. I don't preview because I don't yeah. watch TV. They just don't watch those sort of channels. They only watch the mainstream channels like ITV and BBC and so on. They're not going to watch. Think, I think your take was absolutely right on that because it's the framing. Uh, by the way, just mentioning popularity, Kate Emmer in the chat says we've got 38 people watching and only 14 likes. Come on, 
give us an algorithmic hit chaps by hitting the like button uh and mainly because we need the subs and we need the money thank you um yeah i think you're right on this because this is the classic british thing isn't it you know it's it's you know you can take a piece of shit but as long as you put it in a gold frame um everybody's happy and i think that's what happens with as you say, nobody's going to watch some sort of, you know, new sort of iffy channel on Freeview. They're going to they're going to want to pay for something because they're going to re regard that as the hallmark of its quality. So they buy it in their Sky package or whatever package they buy, and they regard it then as kind of somehow serious and plausible. And and Piers being framed by a major station, um, as you say, he he does that thing of appealing to the median voter uh, that captures a lot of the kind of you know sort of unthinking. Um, you know, sentimental kind of uh, media electorate, you know, who kind of really just want someone like him to kind of fulminate, go red in the face, wag a few fingers, shout a bit, and everybody goes, oh, what a chad he is, what a boss. And uh, really, actually, as you say, the reality is um, people despise him. And uh, it doesn't... Um, Most you know, people despise him. I mean, the, the left don't like him anymore. They haven't for years because he sort of makes yeah. out that he's this anti-woke guy. And the right don't. Most of the right don't like him. It's only those yeah. kind of lower middle class, bit... Brexit y, bit Tory ish, but might go back to Labour, you know, it depends. It, it's those kind of types who only watch mainstream channels. Yeah. They're his fans, and there's, there's probably a few million of them, but they're just not going to go and find him somewhere. They're not going to go on the internet either. So he was, he was quoted as saying, linear TV is increasingly irrelevant to total eyeball potential for a global <laughs> show like this, especially yeah. with younger viewers who don't really watch TV anymore. Well, yeah, it's true that younger viewers don't watch TV anymore, they watch yeah. things on the internet. But the people who do that tend to be either hipster leftists or the dissident right. And they don't like they don't mm. like Piers Morgan. They're not interested no. in Piers Morgan. They're not interested in talk TV. So that's yeah. a kind of pointless thing for him to say. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. maybe by linear TV, he also means oh, we need to take into account people who, you know, record stuff wow. on Sky Plus or whatever it is called these days. But but no one's yeah. going to do that for talk for a talk TV chat show. It's a. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a kind of current affairs. It's it's all about that day's event. So it's not something you're going to record to watch a few days later, is it? No, exactly. It's it's like our show. It's extremely topical. You listen to it on the day, and then it sort of you know goes off like Coca Cola. I'm afraid, you know, sort of halfway down the can, it turns to sugary shit. And uh, that's what Piers is like. I mean, the dissident right people and various commentators have, have nailed it very well for a long time. He's obviously an act of containment, in which you know you can kind of pour all the distilled bile of a certain sort of mid mid set section of the electorate. Uh, and peers will, you know, fulminate randomly about it and bang his fist on the table and say, this has got to stop and we've had enough and this is outrageous. He's a kind of Mike Graham for uh, for the telly. And uh, yeah. he will uh, satisfy that uh, urge in people. He will discharge that sort of, uh, you know, that uh, that kind of, you know, pained kind of frustration with the world and and shoot his load into the faces of the watching public and uh, and then that won't be enough because they will have simply contained the energy and dispersed it in a sort of perfectly harmless way and um i just have a recollection actually just flickering across my synapses that i went to a, f a funeral of a family member years ago when i had a slightly different haircut than i do now because i have very long hair now uh and and they hadn't seen me for a long time and they said oh do you know who you look like and i went oh they're going to say ricky gervais because this is the other thing i sometimes get is people say you look like ricky gervais and and i said no who do i look like you know and they said piers morgan and, nice. I, and again i said like like the girl who said to me i look like ricky gervais i said that's not a compliment yeah, and they said thanks. it's not supposed to be a compliment, you ugly creep. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, I immediately went on uh, on on a on a haircutting spree and uh, lost some weight, and uh, I never felt better. So there you go. But I think uh, yeah, a chap in the chat there who said uh, Piers is uh, I think he just said he's a git, and I think that is the uh, the pithiest summation that we're going to get of Piers today. Who um, says he's an aluminium eater? I don't know what that means, but it sounds great. Uh, yeah, he's an absolute git, says Grouty, and uh, I think uh, good on well, him. He's, yeah, he's, he's right. very much a mid. He captures that midwit pub bore kind of. Um, type of viewer and like you say it, it, mm. it's it's a it's harmless because he doesn't actually have any controversial opinions people have noted that you know what does he actually believe that is controversial okay he's got the anti-woke stuff which is you know okay it's a bit controversial if you're a member of the ruling class yeah. but for the average person that's kind of a standard belief yeah but what what other beliefs does he really have that challenge the ruling class i mean even his anti-woke beliefs they don't seem to be very anti-woke at all no, not I mean, at all. It's opposed to some of the crazy stuff. Yeah. But other than that, he's, he's going to go along with pretty much everything the establishment wants. So if you go, yeah. oh, Piers Morgan's great, I love him. And then he says something like, you know, climate change is real or whatever. Yeah. They think, oh, yeah, climate change is real or, or whatever. Or, yeah, yeah. Jason Ayer yeah. says he isn't harmless. He spread huge harm via GMTV in terrifying the nation over COVID. <coughs> Indeed, yes. That's what he thrives on. He I mean, thrives he's, on he's, he's harmless uh, in that he doesn't, he's harmless to the establishment, we mean. No, of course, of course. He's, he isn't he's harmless to us. He's, he's yeah. a dangerous man to us. Absolutely. But we don't want anybody to do anything insane or dangerous with uh, regard to Piers Morgan. <clears throat> I mean, anyway. we're not saying he's he's the left's man. I mean, when you talk about um, you know, the, the ruling class, we, we're talking, I keep saying, there's, there's competing elements to the ruling class, and he belongs to the kind of Murdoch branch of it. He doesn't belong to other branches. He doesn't belong yeah. to the extreme left branch, for example. Yeah, indeed. Indeed, indeed. I was going to say something else about Tom Newton Dunn. <clears throat> I've oh, discovered yeah. what his real name is. Um, oh, okay. This would be interesting. Is it well, not it, Tom it, Newton Dunn? It, it, it is actually Tom Newton Dunn, but there's another. There's, there's a second name in there. His second name is... This actually makes him slightly more interesting. His second Aloysius. name is Zoltan. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thomas yes, Zoltan yes, Newton Dunn. I d I saw this on it's on Wikipedia unless someone's put it in there as a joke. His really, name is Tom Zoltan Newton Dunn wasn't Zoltan a villain in Battle of the Planets or something when we were kids? Uh, that yeah. uh, Japanese cartoon Zoltan. Could have no, Zoltan. So I don't his know. father was a Lib Dem MEP. He was actually a wow. conservative to start with, but he switched to Lib Dems when um, he realised that the conservatives weren't pro Euro enough, and he was a Euro fan. His mother ran something called the European Movement Speaker Service. Yeah, uh, and he worked for the Mirror. Yet somehow he ended up at the, you know, supposedly flag-waving patriotic sun. Right. I think that shows you how much the sun uh, has changed in recent years. There you go. Joe in the chat says Zoltan is a Hungarian name, so possibly there is some sort of... Uh, well, his oh, mother was Hungarian, so it right. comes from, from her side. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get any of that based Hungarian meme out of uh, Tom Newton Dunn, though, because he uh, he definitely not the man to be very based at all. I think he's the man to uh, do the bidding of those uh, greater than he and uh, and with a joyous smile on his face to uh, leap, skip and jump uh, into the, uh, well, whatever configuration the elites wish him to do on any given day. So I think, uh, yeah. Oh, he's a former Tory UMP who defected to the Lib Dems. Well, there you go. That's why I, I just said that, of... Simon. You weren't listening. Were you? <laughs> oh, sorry, I was reading the comments. Yeah. Who do you yeah. think you are? You think you're me, not listening. <laughs> He's a... So he defected. Well, that's why I get the sort of uh, chill of airy spinelessness about uh, Tom Newton Dunn then. There must be that uh, Lib Dem vibe that uh, is uh, yeah, beating through every fibre of the man. And, uh, and why not? 
there may be people listening to this saying, who's Tom Newton done? And, yeah. and that gives me a lot of pleasure. Anyone He's the kind of beanpole beak with the uh, thinning grey hair who uh, used to appear on uh, Sunday Politics. And don't think I didn't notice that comment about thinning grey hair in the chat, uh, London Raider. And uh, no, I do not have a comb over Lord Biddable of Wonk. It's uh, not that bad yet. But it's coming. It's coming like it's coming for every man. Uh, hair will be a thing of the past. It will be uh, a thing of nostalgia, uh, a thing of yesterday. So, uh, you know, enjoy it while you've got it. And I'm enjoying it while I've got most of it. Right. The, um, the Zoltan of Swing, says Nathan C.J. Hood, which I think is rather funny. Very good, yes. Yeah. yeah. Are you in Australia, Nathan C.J. Hood? I seem to remember dimly maybe that you are in Australia. I don't know. You could be, in which case it would be late at night in Australia right now. But there you are. Right, let's have a look at um, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth she got a bit angry Warren. the other day. Do you know what? Angry. That was my grandmother's name, angry Elizabeth Warren. Angry and upset and determined. Angling for, for decades now! I am angry. This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. Well, I am here because I am angry. We are not going back. We are not going back. Not ever. Not Oh, I, dear, dear. I decided to do a little bit of uh, to change that video a bit and put some sound effects to it. So mm. um, it was only five or ten minutes work, but this is what I came Share up. Share this with us now, yes. It's very low effort, but it's funny. I, I hope that wasn't too disrespectful <laughs> to, you know, a, a such a reputable U.S. senator as Elizabeth Ab Warren. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She of the uh, Cherokee heritage. My, as I, say, I was just saying before you, you played the clip, my grandmother's name was Elizabeth Warren. So this is quite distressing for me because my grandmother was a very sound person. And Elizabeth Warren, this this version, of course, is not. But, um, yeah, she's horrid. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe was saying, I just saw someone I haven't talked to since lockdown. His 35-year-old daughter had a stroke after taking the Bill Gates update. Whoa, that's Very bad. Sad. That is bad. That is bad indeed. Um, um, have you seen the news? There's a couple of bits about the, um, the update. Um, the FDA mm -hmm. has basically admitted that the Johnson & Johnson Big V causes blood clots. So what they've done is they've said they're going to limit the use of the Johnson & Johnson Big V. I think it's called the Janssen. I think they're calling it the Janssen. Okay. Um, and it's now only authorised for people uh, who are 18 or older and for whom other Big Vs from other companies aren't available or aren't appropriate. <clears throat> so this, I think this, this is, a big, this is a, a, a big revelation that, you know, this is stuff that we were told only conspiracy theorists say. Now it turns yeah. out the FDA is saying this because it's to do with blood clots. They were saying there is a, an increased risk of blood clots. They are admitting it, yeah. uh, and life-threatening blood clots as well. I mean, why don't they just save the time, these official bodies, and just assume that everything that conspiracy theorists are saying now 
they're going to have to put into a press release for tomorrow. Or maybe that's what they're doing. They're literally taking down the conspiracy theories as press releases for tomorrow. I guess it saves a job, doesn't it? You know, if you well, kind of outsource your thinking to uh, yes. uh, mad people on the internet and then realize, oh, suddenly the mad people are uh, actually completely correct in uh, every well, respect. Maybe not every conspiracy theory. Yeah, true. Um, not sure about the satanic ones. Well, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, uh, there's some bad people in the world. Uh, that's all I'm saying. And a lot of them are in Hollywood. Yeah. 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 Hello, Josh Wesson. I see you there in the chat. Nice to see you. Uh, nice to see you to see you. Nice. Uh, okay. What else have we got this week? Um, oh, I've got a story. Do you want me yeah, to do one? Okay. Yeah. 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 There nice is a story I found today. Uh, I just found it randomly. And it was in, <clears throat> get ready for it. It was in The Guardian. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. It was in the Guardian. Good source of guff. <laughs> breathe deeply. Breathe deeply. It was in the Guardian about a month ago, and it was uh, it headlined, "This is a crazy, unjust attack. Pink Floyd reformed to support Ukraine." This is yes. a thing. Have you yeah, seen this? Gone. You've seen this? This is. Well, it was this, a few this, weeks ago. This was this was ancient. This is like. You weeks probably ago. actually mentioned it on the stream, and I wasn't listening, and I was looking into. The no, chat. I didn't. But I did. I did a tweet on it. I did, did a tweet you? something like. Oh, for God's sakes, let's stop the war before Roger Waters yeah. is asked to join. So, so, so let's go into a little bit of, um, you know, podcast of the Lotus Eaters style where you just read articles on, on the microphone. OK, exclusive. Disgusted by the Russian invasion. David Gilmore speaks about band's first brand new song in 28 years, which samples a Ukrainian musician now on the front line and expresses disappointment in Roger Waters. So essentially what's happened is they played with this uh, band from Ukraine called Boombox a few years ago. And um, they were so impressed that they decided to sample the song that uh, they recorded by the lead singer who is in Ukraine uh, bravely doing whatever he does in Ukraine. And um, Gilmore and um, Nick Mason have decided to uh, release this as a, a Pink Floyd track. And um, yeah, so they're getting onto the uh, whole Ukraine bandwagon there. Uh, and uh, because apparently it sounds like David Gilmore has got some relations by marriage who are Ukrainian. Um, but the interesting part of the story, I thought, was that um, Pink Floyd, as they are, uh, you know, uh, him, and, him and Nick Mason tried to, they withdrew the rights um, for their music to be streamed uh, in the, in Russia, and um, apparently it sounds like Roger Waters has blocked them from doing it. <laughs> so basically, they they applied to get um, all of their stuff, um, you know, off uh, streaming services in Russia. But Roger Waters essentially um, basically allowed them to block only the stuff from. Um, 1987 and afterwards, which is when he wasn't in the band, right. <laughs> which is hilarious. All of the yeah. 60s and 70s stuff he kept on the streaming service. And of course, all of the stuff from after 1987, that's like the Division Bell album onwards. Um, all the boring stuff. All the crap stuff. So I thought he did the Russians a great favor, the, um, David Gilmore, by uh, getting the Russians not to have to listen to the, the rubbish parts of Pink Floyd. Um, okay, there's one or two good songs maybe. But um, yeah, I thought that was... Uh, that was very, um, yes, it's very... Um, yes, well done, Roger. You've got a few uses now and then. <laughs> yeah, you see, Roger can be good at times. I mean, yeah, I liked times, his yeah, last yeah. Uh, album, and and he's done some good work. And I know you're not convinced, but uh, he has his he has his uses, let's put it that way. So, yeah, thwarting the other members of Pink Floyd from um, their plan to... <laughs> it was so bitter and funny, I thought, so... Mean of oh, I saw good. someone in the chat early on before the show was talking about. Let me see if I can find it. They were talking about the the Elizabeth Warren thing being a chicken, and they oh, said, yeah. um, uh, 
mentioned the Australian commercial about I feel like chicken tonight. And I, I actually had like chicken tonight. I actually had time yeah. doing the theme song because the theme song goes for so long that yeah. I had time. Yeah, it's 20 Rothman said, I think he saw the I feel like chicken tonight advertisements in Australia in his scar for life. I had time to download them mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to play one of them. Okay. I, I think these videos weren't just in Australia. I think other yeah. companies use them sure. all over the world. I think it was a, a worldwide advertising theme that was so good, they decided to use it all over the world. Oh. Tonight's tasty selection of simmer sauces have everybody saying... Choose from the delicious range of sauces made with quality ingredients. Simply brown the chicken, simmer, and serve. Oh dear. Oh dear. Mum, can we have chicken tonight tomorrow? Where else can you see terrible old ads from Australian TV? I could tell that that little boy was being voiced by an out-of-work actress. That wasn't his voice. That was a, that was a right. young let, woman. Let, let's have a look. Tonight, tomorrow. Yeah, it's a woman. Can we have chicken tonight, tomorrow? Yep, you're right. You know what they've done? That's like on Oliver Twist. You know the Oliver film? Yeah. Uh, the musical. The, the Oliver was actually dubbed by a, a young lady. It's outrageous. Anyway. Not, not women the, not the, women the taking young teenage boys' work. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't get away with that these days, would you? So much, so much for equality. Can you rewind to the bit where the guy was like, it's like the businessman coming down the stairs and like the uh, the hilariously kooky uh, cleaning lady kind of smiles in that uh, sort of uh, cringy way. Look at that. It's like mm. American Psycho. He's looking at his watch and now he's fucking like a chicken. <laughs> and then Tracy Ullman, by the looks of it, or someone with... I think that's a bloke dressed up as a girl. Kooky hair. Yeah. And she all, all, this, all this stuff should be banned from the internet because it's Why all appropriating she... other people's culture. Look at her socks. Why is she wearing socks like that? She's That's that's wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, it's, look at that. She doesn't look White like a cleaning woman. With brown shoes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and she's in some. They're in some sort of like uh, business. It looks like it's on the Gold Coast or somewhere really trashy. Um, but uh, yeah, there you are. Chicken tonight. I remember there was a Australian comedy version of that. Where I feel like a dickhead tonight. I yes, quite like that. That version. Yes, that sounds like something our friends at Farcoff Productions, Tim Price and Paul Rodriguez, would make into uh, one of their short videos. Oh. There's a new one out today, by the way. Do go and check Tw out their. Tw uh, Twenty Rothmans. Tony Rothman mm. just mentioned that later changed by the Late Show to I feel like dickhead tonight. That's right, the Late Show, the Late Show, another classic Australian comedy. Did you comedy say? Did I you did... say Tim Price and Paul Rodriguez have another video out? They have, have another video out. Yes, it is. It's 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 uh it's a parody of a song called EVA by um, um what's his name Jean Jacques Perret. He was a French uh, e uh electronic synthesizer guy from the early seventies. I didn't realize them out, aren't they? They are keeping going you're not relentlessly. I hope you're not in this one. No, I was offered to go down and play the part of Darth Vader, but um, I, uh, I had uh, I had videotapes to return that day. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. I wasn't in the latest one, but um, do uh, go and have a look at uh, Farkoff Productions on the YouTube. And uh, It's a while since we've played any of their stuff. I should put some of their stuff on again next week. It's a nice bouncy little kind of synth number, really. There's no sort of lyric, but it's kind of, um, you know, it's called, um, what's it called? W-E-F, w W-T-F, I think. And, uh, yeah, it says it all. Do you remember Nina Jankovitz from last week? He's the new I kind of Ministry of Truth woman. I remember, yeah, because I immediately thought, is she related to like Weird Al Yankovic? You know, <laughs> it's some sort of corruption of the name. Um, Might be him in a wig. She looks slightly masculine, so it could yeah. actually be him in a wig. 
What happened to him? Weird Al Yankovic. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure he's happy wherever he is. Here's uh, here's another. So a few videos of her have come out again. Yeah. So, well, the last one we played last week was her own video. Okay. That she was proud of, but here's one she's perhaps not quite so proud of. Okay. Uh, there we go. Yeah. What is it with middle-aged women and show tunes? I mean, not even very middle-aged women, like young middle-aged women. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. She's actually she's actually is fairly young. She's only in her mid thirties, I think. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. in her early thirties. Yeah. I mean, it's but she was of... a singer. She was. She had her own Harry Potter tribute band. Uh, of course. Yes, I remember now. Yes, I mean, it's all flooding back in uh, in an unpleasant way, like a uh, farm slurry that's uh, being dumped on me from a tank. Uh, that has uh, yeah just fallen on me. Oh, it's she vile. can actually sing, and I'm going to play you some more of her stuff. You think she's actually good? Can she hold a tune? Well, no, I didn't say she's uh, good, but you know, yeah. she, she can competent, competent. Fair enough. This song is called Prefix Are Hot" from her old band, The Moaning Myrtles. So that's basically a smutty version of Harry Potter, where Moaning Myrtle, the the, the ghostly girl who wanders around toilets, she she wanders around perving oh, people. And, and this is this is the woman who's in charge of. I mean, this would be worth playing just for itself anyway. But she's now yeah. in charge of the U.S.'s Ministry of Truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, 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 sure. And so yeah, thank, thank you, thank you, Curtis. Yeah, um, Paul Fullerton says I'm only jealous because I was turned down for Cats. Uh, it's true. Yeah, my my career in musical theatre was thwarted before it even got off the ground, which I think was probably sensible on the part of the powers that be. But uh, Nathan is uh, uh, right as ever that this is what they will play in the re-education camps. Uh, I mean, this is the re-education camp, folks. In uh, <laughs> in <the laughs> this is it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny Kendall. Costumes matter. Breach live viewing figures. Maybe a fifty. No, we haven't quite done it. Just like last week, we haven't quite. No. Got there that's the problem folks you know we can see the real figures and uh, they are uh, scorching uh, uh, and uh, these these uh, figures are in the thousands i should notice that's yeah, 47, yeah, exactly. at the moment yeah, it's fine we're doing okay compared to you know tim paul and uh, you know people like that you know we're, we're holding our own america good, was a good huge comments mistake. good comments today yeah and this one is good too from lord biddable 
Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Evidence where it needed that we need, need to get back to bullying these theatre types. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you know, if your children are showing an untoward interest in, you know, the dramatic arts of any kind, especially those of if musical theatre, you know, you really do need to uh, lock them up for extended periods of time without any food. And I think this will largely solve the problem. But if that doesn't help, I mean, a good old fashioned Victorian birching won't go amiss. And yes, this is the woman that looks like Tarantino. I, I heard that comment. I didn't quite understand what they meant. Like, does she actually look like Tarantino? I mean, because yeah, he's does. like massive forehead and the kind jaw, of sort of especially i don't know yeah i guess maybe it's there you know yeah well we shall uh, we shall watch her career with interest mark jennings says in my school they made the entire school year six pupils prefix not to exclude anybody right um, he could be joking but he's probably yeah. not these days. no he's not all must have prizes as well was, these uh, days 20 years ago that probably was well that's true yeah i guess now um yeah <sighs> Yeah, what's what's gone wrong with the world? I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was good, Simon. What's gone wrong with the world? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Simon so appearing at a local pub near you this oh, afternoon, had, going, "What's wrong just, with the world? I don't know." Saying, I've had a bad week. I just I just got to a point like yesterday. I had a complete brain fade. I just decided I had to go and lie down for a very long time, and 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 it didn't help. I have to say the uh, the the rate at which things were collapsing uh, around me uh, was uh, it was not alleviated by uh, taking any time out whatsoever. I don't know what to do at this moment, but um, you know, let's just enjoy the ride as Bill Hicks said, as we uh, go plummeting down in flames uh, you know, all over the world. That was an ELO well, some, song, by the way. Something to look forward to. Next week, I've got some live yeah. footage of the Moaning Myrtles. Oh, have you really? Yeah, have I could play really? it today, but I thought I'll yeah. string it out, string it out yeah. till next week. You're not planning going on holiday next week or anything like that? Uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, tripping over uh, an electrical uh, cable in the house or something and getting badly injured and not being able to turn up for the show nothing no. well that's that's i think that's down to mi5 not down to me well that's true that's the sort of specialty that uh, they they have uh, for, for people like you who are intending to uh, disrupt our uh, our pleasure and our happiness with uh, clips like that no where do you find that stuff how do you even know it exists i don't want to know now a lovey like you must have been devastated by the oh. news that netflix has cancelled megan markle's animated series pearl Netflix is having a bit of a rough time at the moment, which we're all sad about, of course. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And this this show will not be be happening now. It was supposed to be a yeah uh, a show where she what was it about? It, uh, let me read it. Trying to find it. Apparently, it, it sort of celebrated famous feminist figures from from history. So here we go. Right. Weave together fantasy and history while yeah. focusing on the adventures of a twelve-year-old girl as she attempts to overcome life daily challenges while right. few details are being released many believe the show was based at least in part on markle's own childhood yeah um uh yeah see this story doesn't mention the feminist icons but it was supposed to be giving you lots of stuff about uh, the great women in history or at least the great women in history as as you know as according yeah. to megan markle Yes. It's so sad when a young woman of talent like her, you know, has, has her career sort of nipped so cruelly in the bud so early on in life by having to, you know, force herself to marry a member of the royal well, family. Well, she, has to, she it, has to blow a ginger, first of all, to get anywhere on TV. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, there's also a downside, I suppose, yeah. Um, but, uh, 
what can we uh, what can we hope for for Megan in the future? Can we hope that maybe she'll actually sort of go to uh, even greater heights of uh, dramatized self pity on the airwaves? Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, uh, write in with ideas, folks. I want to make an elevator pitch to her, uh, one which involves her uh, adopting an enigmatic silence for the next uh, twenty years. I think that should do it, uh, and then uh, she will uh, <laughs> she will be joining the guff stream. Suggests Nathan Hood. I I I don't know. Do we do we have room she, for her she, now? She, sort of she is welcome. At Simon, any time. you can Simon can take a few breaks here and then when she wants to come. Or do you want to be on with her? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it would be a bit of a challenge having three men on the stream. I mean, uh, given uh, that uh, you know she's uh, she's clearly wearing the trousers in that relationship. And uh, I'd love to have you on with her, but I think you'd probably suck up to her too much, wouldn't you? Yeah, I I would probably do what I was doing like uh, at the uh, at the, <laughs> the Delling Pod actually, because I got chatting to uh, Richard Fairbrass of Right Said Fred, and uh, the uh, the ever jealous London Raider was trying to pull me away to go to the pub while I was schmoozing with uh, genuine stars and celebrities, and um, having a very nice time he's a very nice genuine man and by the way I, the reason i was talking to because i went up to ask him is that account that says it's richard fairbrass on twitter actually you or is it someone impersonating you and he said no it was him but he'd had several accounts like shut down so he had to keep starting new ones and he started one with a picture of his mother on which i thought i suppose that could be his mother but um i was suspicious but he confirmed it was actually his account so he does tweet independently under that account and not just under the fred's account yeah, yeah, but no doubt you were there claiming he owed you 20 quid, I bet. I did try that and say, hang on, you know. <laughs> the worst news about Megan Markle show being axed, uh, the really, really sad news for lovies yeah. everywhere, is that the um, one of the executive producers was expected to be David Furnish, husband to musician Elton John. Musician Elton so, John. Terrible shame, <laughs> terrible shame. Yeah. David Furnish, who, who the Daily Mail actually calls a filmmaker. Filmmaker David Furnish. Really? Is he indeed? Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I'll be looking forward to his uh, his his next uh, majestic opus of uh, celluloid. Um, but, uh, well, there you are. It's, such, it's, it's awful, these careers, you know, that are being uh, cut tragically short uh, by the massive size of the egos of the people involved. But, uh, you know, good luck to them. They've come from nothing and made good. Well, and, David's uh, also welcome to come on to come on our show anytime he wants. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure Simon will lavish yep. him with with the sort of treats and flowers and blowjobs that Elton, well I was Elton. thinking more of lavishing him with the sort of groveling fawning praise that uh, I normally reserve for people who I say that I don't like and then when I suddenly meet them uh, I suddenly become their best friend yeah it was a pathetically tragic display says London Raider always there to back me up indeed with uh, a kind word and uh, with a support team like him how could I possibly well fail? he says he spoke to both of them we're old gym buddies he, he's That's one of right. these people who claims to know everyone London Raider I think he does know a lot of people he probably actually does yeah he probably actually does from his uh, time down in uh, Chelsea, uh, hanging with the uh, great and the good, and probably the not so great and the not so good either. Uh, Simon name dropping again. Yes, without fail, I will find a name to drop if I can in uh, nearly every episode of the Gulf Stream. And um, you know, uh, next week I'm uh, going to uh, drop a name of someone who uh, you didn't think I would ever drop. Next week, all right. Something. Next week, I'm saving to. it up. I'm tantalising you with the name that I'm going to drop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, from the theatre world. Well, I'm not going to say, well, yeah. The, the the gay world. No, I'm I'm saving it up. I'm saving right. it up for the uh, the inevitable disappointment that will flood over everybody's faces when they hear uh, who exactly I'm going to name drop. And they're going to go, "Is that all?" And and mm. and that's going to be it. Uh, okay. Any news happening? Yeah, let's do some slightly yeah. more serious news. Oh, serious uh, news! This well, sounds painful. We're yeah. not really doing a, a serious job of it. We're just noting the ridiculousness yeah. of it. So we. 
do a do a saga on of just reading out the news we don't do serious we don't care that much unfortunately that's the problem and although i will say there's one well, shocking we do. thing we do care about the news it's just hard to yeah. do a serious job uh yeah with this format yeah okay and we, Go on, we'd probably lose all the listeners we have anyway if we get too serious so do the we Swedish... have listeners Okay. Yeah, 50,000 of them. That's that's true. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Go on. Swedish Prime Minister says integration has failed after migrant riot, riots. So no uh, the left-wing Swedish Prime Minister, Magdalena Andersson, has has admitted that um, they've, they've kind of failed migration. Uh, she says, segregation has gone so far that we have parallel societies in Sweden. We live in the same country, but different realities. Integration was poor, and alongside we have experienced intense immigration. Our society was too weak, while money for the police and social services too little. So she's not exactly blaming immigration. She's blaming the failure of in integration. She's saying integration failed, not immigration failed, but integration, which is kind of ridiculous because, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's nothing to do with integration failures. I mean, you can't possibly integrate large numbers of immigrants who come from alien cultures. The immigrants have no intention of assimilating anyway, do they? So you basically got an invasion and the elites have pushed it because the elites want to get rid of us, replace us with the immigrants. So to then sort of bleat about, oh, the integration failed, that's just kind of a pathetic bullshit excuse, really. And of course, they're not going to do anything about it. Nothing will be done. They're not going to say, well, let's send all these immigrants back to where they came from. They're not going to do that. They're just going to say, oh, it didn't work very well. You know, lessons will be learnt, though. That's yeah, that's, that's it. That's going to happen. Lessons will be learnt, apart from the one that they clearly didn't learn the first time. I mean, how long did it take them to work this out? Apparently, it wasn't uh, exactly working over there in uh, good old Sweden, uh, just like the rest of Europe. And uh, oh, so the, the Swedish uh, premier has uh, suddenly come to this realisation in a blinding flash of uh, revelation. Is that what we're Yes, telling? they obviously realised it, it's gone so far that we need to say something about it to retain some credibility. But, oh. of course, they'll, they'll manage the spin on this nicely. Yeah. I mean, you said these things a year or two ago, you'd get banned from social media. So there was a guy called Peter from Sweden yes. who was banned a few times on Twitter. He used to say things like this. Uh, he wasn't particularly inflammatory or Nazi or anything, but he would point out these uncomfortable facts and he was labelled as a hate-mongering conspiracy theorist and banned. So like you say, we should just save time, save time and just cut straight to the conspiracy theories. Yeah. With. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Sweden uh, not uh, impressing us with their razor-sharp powers of perception there again, but uh, good luck. Well, they did pretty well over the, um, <clears throat> you know, the uh, the deadly disease. Um, but, um, yeah, clearly their cabinet uh, perhaps needs a, a certain amount of reform, uh, like uh, being extremely uh, reformed, you know, being, being cleared out, let's say, uh, and, uh, you know, awoken with a, a sharp bucket of cold water being thrown all over them. Yeah, as they lie on their concrete cell with just a, a bucket for yeah. their toilets, yeah. if we're it. being generous. Yeah, a nice flat pack cell, uh, courtesy of IKEA, uh, and uh, yeah, delivered to their doorstep uh, for uh, their uh, their uh, enjoyment. Yeah, or maybe that's we could do, do do what the the Soviets used to do, which was to, to pack small cells with like you know a hundred people, put a hundred people in there. Did they really? Yeah. Gosh, that's cruel. What rotters. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, um, another establishment figure has come out and said that uh, there are problems with immigration. This time it was no. Nick Timothy wow. in the Telegraph. 
Yeah. Um, he's admitted that the, you know, the current, the new UK immigration system, which is a points-based system mm -hmm. like the Australian one, he says that this is designed to increase immigration. He said the whole point of it is it will increase immigration because you set the points low enough, you just, the country will end up being flooded with people. Uh, and there's nothing you can do about it because you basically said anyone who meets the points can get in. So if the points are low enough, you'll have hundreds of thousands of people coming in legally and there's nothing you can do about it because it will all be perfectly legal. Mm. And perhaps this is why this immigration system got through so easily. It did seem strange at the time that it got through. So I thought, well, if this really was going to change anything, wouldn't there be a massive battle over it? Wouldn't the establishment try to block it? No, they waved it through pretty easily. Yeah. You know, it was a bit of, bit of argy-bargy from Labour. You know, the Guardian complained a bit. But generally got through without any great trouble. So that's probably an indication that this is correct. Gosh. It is designed to increase immigration. Yeah, it's almost like they're not listening, isn't it? You know, and uh, <laughs> Nick Timothy, and again, he's another of those so-called conservatives. I mean, really, he's probably in the kind of Philip Blonde, Red Tory kind of camp, ultimately. Didn't he come up with that sort of concept at the last election of appealing to uh, Erdington Man? I think Erdington is some sort of middle-class aspirant sort of uh, suburb in Birmingham, isn't it? You know, where sort of you make the jump from working class to the middle class. And it was kind of a sort of rerun of, you know, Mondeo Man and Essex Man from back in the 80s and the 90s. And, and Nick Timothy sort of never really comes up with the sort of answers to the very basic questions about this, uh, you know, this thing about immigration we talk about. It. Nobody ever sort of says, why do we actually need anyone coming in? Why do we actually need any more immigration of any kind whatsoever? We're all talking about public services being pressed for those, you know, at the lowest ebb of the economy. And uh, and, and yet no solution that actually addresses the fact that uh, overpressurization in uh, population and demographic terms creates an overpressure in economic terms and the consequent uh, trickle down of suffering that uh, everybody is so looking forward to enjoying, especially with inflation going up to uh, possibly 10% by the end of the year and an almighty recession setting in like rain on an English summer picnic day. Um, yeah, I think Nick Timothy, again, not finger on the pulse there, Tim, uh, but um, perhaps you could get a job, uh, you know, writing, uh, I don't know, elaborate fiction or something. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's spin management because he, read through the column, he clearly does want immigration and quite a lot of it. He just doesn't want yes. as much as what's happening. Um, and he wants only you know, what he calls the best and the brightest coming through so basically this is yeah it's a, like a, a pressure relief valve people are getting concerned about immigration he can say something about it and people think mm. oh there are some people in the tories in the establishment yes. who are taking notice and they're going to do something about it but all they want to do is just reduce the numbers somewhat yeah. so he says i mean he says who could reasonably oppose skilled workers coming here to contribute well actually a lot of people do oppose people coming yeah. here skilled or not he says yeah. under the points-based system skilled workers are not only astrophysicists they might also be bricklayers so he's basically saying um, we don't want bricklayers coming in, but astrophysicists are all right. Yeah, so we'll we'll drain other countries of their of their talent, um, but yeah. we don't want their riffraff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we'll overburden the country with uh, a, a, an influx of a, a new middle class to uh, you know displace everybody else with you know with their uh, expensive lattes and cafes and neighbourhoods. Uh, meanwhile, everybody else gets kind of you know crushed down into the uh, the lowest uh, common housing estate of uh, the kinds I was seeing actually being built at the moment near where I am, and uh, these kind of tiny little rabbit hutch, chicken battery hen houses that uh, just look absolutely horrible. They're sort of all shiny and new, but 
you just know the quality of the life living being lived in them is just dismal um and uh, yeah that's that's it's always presented with this uh, vision you know isn't it that it's going to be like uh, you know living in a trendy like london suburb like east dulwich or something but actually it's going to be that you're going to be pushed into the uh, into the hen house uh, of uh, you know the uh, new builds on the uh, the fringes of uh, you know decaying provincial towns and uh, have a, a fairly crap life, to be honest. And, and Nick doesn't sort of see it that way. He just sees the vibrancy of all of this coming in and uh, somehow all of our neighbourhoods will be zhuzhed up and gentrified. But that's one of the things I learned living in London, that all that talk of gentrification, it ultimately never happens. And you, you just end up being pushed out into somewhere horrible. Um, yeah. That's what I wish he'd pay attention to. And he, he says, the majority of foreign students attend institutions outside the Russell Group of top universities. Three quarters of the increase in student visas from 2019 comes from applicants to lower quality universities and all have the right to work here afterwards, whatever their qualification, whatever their job. So, I mean, he's, he's got half of that right. Yes, there's a lot of mediocre students coming to mediocre universities who can stay mm. here afterwards and do whatever they want. And that is right mm. to be worried about that. But but my view is I don't care about the, the brighter students who go to the Russell Group universities. Mm. Why should they be able to stay here and work afterwards? I just don't yeah. see why why we assume that's he says he does actually use the term best and the brightest. Except yeah. the other way around. He says, Who could oppose the brightest and yeah. the best coming to use a yeah. well, Why not question that? What about those who are not the best and the brightest? I mean, can we have a spare moment of compassion for the people who perhaps are not necessarily going to be able to compete in the way that Nick Timothy thinks that everybody is uh, young and thrusting and coming into the country with uh, umpteen million degrees for sort of industries that lots of people, to be frank, can't work in? We've, well, we've got lots of best and brightest here anyway. I mean... I think people are just the best. I think yeah, nice, uh, you know, people who uh, live in the country and who maybe lived here generations, uh, they're kind of the best kind of people, I think, really, who really need to be uh, looked after perhaps a little better than, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, somewhat uh, cosmopolitan and carefree approach that Nick is taking uh, would allow for. I think uh, there's a lot of people who are just perhaps on their uppers right now who need to be taken care of, not just the, uh, the best and the brightest uh, schmoozing into the country into, uh, you know, nice jobs in uh, tech and fintech and uh, sorts of, uh, you know, Kind of industries that uh, you know most people living in um, Hartlepool are not going to be able to reach onto, let's say, with their level mm. of uh, educational achievement and uh, economic leverage. So let's, uh, let's just think about the ordinary people. Let's think about the masses of people who live in shoeboxes up and down the country. Well, just Johnson's not thinking of them. Johnson's thinking of the Indian people yeah. because they've they've now had um, got some agreement with India, where I'm not sure the exact details, but I think it means that it's much easier for Indians to just come over here now uh, and live here. Well, yeah. Not to mention I, all the, the yeah. Pakistanis who've come over here. I mean, you notice in cricket, every year there's more Pakistanis. Yeah. Nothing against the Pakistanis who are wonderful people, but every year there's more teams that have just become sort of all Pakistani. Yeah. And there was a, a big club around here, which has now basically been taken over by a whole bunch of Pakistanis. And that's a, now a Pakistani team with a, the one or two white people in there. Right, right. Yeah. And they tend not to be very welcoming to um, really? the, the natives. There you but go. They're not silly enough to say anything that might get them in trouble. It's just yeah. an unwelcoming uh -huh. atmosphere. But, you know, if you're a white person, you can't go and complain to uh, the government or the police or the newspaper about an unwelcoming atmosphere from Pakistanis because you just get short shrift. They'll say, well, that's you're just mis misinterpreting their culture and the way they are. Whereas yes. if it's the other way around, if, if you're a Pakistani who turns up to a white club um, and you decide you didn't quite like the atmosphere, it wasn't quite welcoming enough, well, that club can get into all sorts of trouble. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like the great melting pot uh, doesn't quite work the way that uh, people are thinking. And uh, again, this is uh, yeah. nothing against people who uh, may be of uh, a different, uh, you know, hue yeah. and extraction uh, in the country. But as you say, very strong in-group preference operating there in a way that perhaps is not making for social cohesion. That's my concern. Yeah. And uh, where and would there, we... There is some interesting stuff in this this article um, because he points out that work permits are now unlimited. There used to be limits to work permits. The definition of skilled work has been watered down. It used to be that employers had to first seek a worker from the resident population before they're allowed to recruit someone from overseas. They don't have to, that doesn't apply anymore. So you can just recruit someone from overseas if you decide you like them. Um, the salary threshold has gone down, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, um, so just looking at the increases, uh, more than a quarter of foreign students are now Chinese. Number mm. of Nigerian students up 415%, Pakistan mm -hmm. up 256%, and India up 164%. Right, okay. It's almost like some people are doing extremely well. Yeah, in 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 a lot of these places that you know we're told people are living desperately tough lives, but actually they must be having some something of a boom in their local economy, which it does make you ask, um, you know, are we just a, basically a site for kind of uh, educational prestige tourism and uh, you know sort of. Uh, you know, Britain is a sort of, you know, economic theme park, <laughs> you know, you come in and sort of scoop out the uh, the value that you need and uh, you kind of uh, take that for yourself to uh, wherever and whenever you wish. Um, I'm just looking at an interesting comment from Mark Jen Jennings in the chat. He says, my dad works on a new build site. He tells me they have 400k properties next door to their social housing plot and the company doesn't have to legally tell the buyer if they're not asked. I mean, I think there is this thing tell, of trying to... What? Create well. I think it's 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 basically you're getting these kinds of new build estates that I'm seeing, and the problem is what they're really doing is they're just becoming kind of sinks for, you know, sometimes councils, but um, you know, a lot of artificial kind of um, how can you put it, um, a, a, a sort of lot, a lot of artificial community making where you're trying to say to people, well, we're all kind of living you know, comfortably cheek by jowl with, you know, people from the, you know, prosperous middle classes with people who may be living in social housing where there may be an awful lot of, you know, disruption and problems that come along with that, which are kind of not being tackled in the most sensible way uh, by just sort of throwing people together in a kind of idyllic vision of everybody caring and sharing. What it really creates is an awful lot of social tension. And I'm not sure it's the best way to actually deal with those kinds of problems by sort of, you know, sort of uh, bouncing people into um, into neighbourhoods, which may end up being very dysfunctional. I'm not saying you want to. Again, I'm 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 talking about compassion for people who perhaps have not had the best start in life, but I'm not sure the best way to help them in life is to put them into a situation where they they kind of live defiantly uh, in in a, in a sort of arrangement uh, in neighbourhoods that they're really only ultimately going to, to wreck in many ways. I mean, I know this from living in a few of the areas I've lived in, and it kind of doesn't work. You kind of have to, you have to manage your urban planning slightly better. I'm not putting my finger on this very well, but I think people know this. Well, it's because you're trying, you're trying not to say, let's keep the riffraff out. No, I'm not really trying to say keep the riffraff out, because I, mean, I am the riffraff. I've, I've lived in pretty riffraffy situations. I think that the thing that happens is they plan areas either for people who are extremely well off, and then when you're in a riffraff area, they don't plan anything for you at all. They don't do any 
you know, there's no public amenities. They don't put parks in, things like that. You know, they don't kind of think that the riffraff want to have a reasonable quality of life as well. And uh, I've ended up living in a lot of riffraff areas. And it's a very stark um, comparison that you see when you do live in those places. And you think, why are they building this area but not creating any kind of beauty in the in the vicinity any kind of relief from the concrete jungle any kind of sort of thing to ameliorate the standard of living in those areas and that's what bothers me it's just kind of here's your functional shoebox get in it and shut up and i think that's that's a problem i have there's so much bleakness and blight in english um you know uh, planning for, for housing i thought they were and, supposed to do more of that these days well, they, they talk about the, the, yeah. the, the lower class stuff. They talk about it, but it, I guess they really don't. It does end up being these new bills that, you know, are a kind of minimum of 300K upwards. And, um, you know, they're kind of, yeah, they sort of do a little bit of landscaping and all that kind of stuff. But really, it's not affordable housing that people often talk about. You know, that's the problem. It's I've got no problem with the riffraff. As I say, I come from a long line of riffraff. Um, but I don't think just because you're riffraff, you have to live in a dump. And that's that's the problem, I think, with a lot of developments is um, they really, you know, they just let the riffraff kind of sink or swim, really, in this uh, in this kind of current current era. So it's, it's a difficult conversation. Um, yeah. Um, mm. And of course, they're living in a lot of decayed stock as well, or a lot of, you know, stock that's kind of peremptorily thrown up to kind of, you know, um, keep the riffraff in the dodgy bits of town, the horrible areas. I mean, I lived in a horrible area of Loughborough once, and it was just a kind of, it was like all the sort of people who they didn't want living in any of the other cities like Leicester and Nottingham and Derby nearby. And they just kind of decanted them into the bit that I was living in. I mean, I, 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 here's the thing. It was a nice new flat I moved into. And I looked over the road probably the first week I was there and immediately realized the house over the road was a crack house. And I just thought, why, why do I have to put up with this? I've just left Brixton. Why can't I just find anywhere outside London that's just a little bit nicer and more civilized? Luckily, I had a good relationship with the local police and a van came a week later and uh, hosed those people out. Of their, uh, they were selling crack and heroin, you know. And I thought, well, that's improved the area somewhat. But um, little was I to know that the whole area was just absolutely rank and riddled with human misery in a way that... Um, uh, you know, was very difficult to live with. And I thought there's lots of decent people around here having to live with this. Uh, and yet uh, there are no flamethrowers to deal with the situation. That's all I'm saying. Mm, okay. So there's my rant. All right. So um, here's a, a horrible story about West Midlands trains. So West Midlands trains forced their um, rail conductors to attend a, an online diversity training session where they were told all about white privilege. Um, and so on. Now, at the end of this um, online training session, this guy called Simon Isherwood, he s spoke to his wife, forgetting that his uh, microphone was still on. And he said, um, you know what I really wanted to ask? And I wish I had. Did they have black privilege in other countries? So if you're in Ghana, that's all he said to his wife. He was overheard by some of his colleagues and he was reported, got in trouble and was sacked. He was sacked for that because he also said um, he felt the diversity trainers were indoctrinating their views, implied that all white people are racist, but I'm not. Um, well, for that, you, obviously, you, you are racist and you must be sacked. It's almost like you want to throw your hands at a certain point and just give in and say, oh, all right, I'm completely racist. Whatever you want me to be. What, what, what racist thing do you want me to say? OK, I'll say that. Fine. <coughs> yeah, let me just be racist and uh, leave me alone. 
it's almost getting to that point now where you think, oh, let's just cave into the uh, the caricatures that they have of us and uh, just, uh, you know, let's uh, let your mouth run off <laughs> on one. And uh, yeah, there you go. Well, I thought he did well not to sort of go on a, a, on a, a drunken, murderous rampage with a gun. Yeah. He's, he is suing them, though. All right. Yeah. He was okay. dismissed after the internal probe found that he had caused offence brought the company into disrepute. Not sure how he brought it into disrepute when it was a private comment that they've made a fuss of. Breached our quality, diversity and inclusion policy and the code of conduct. Yeah, the EDI shit. Mm, yep, DIE. Uh, all, needs, all, needs to be, all needs to be killed. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not, not really going to give any analysis of it. I was going to say that we need to yeah. set a torch to it and machine gun all the people who um, work in that area. Machine gun, Bloody a, me, a meta, metaphorical machine gun, I should add, absolutely, or maybe a real one, but definitely Indeed. at least a metaphorical one. <laughs> Joe in the chat says, "Simon about to go full Bernard Manning. It's a fucking disgrace." And um, there you go. Yeah, speaking of, um, it is a fucking know, disgrace. That's right. <laughs> speaking of uh, bloody rampages and internal probes, guess who? When I was going to the Dellingpod Live event last week, I saw. I was I was pulled up on my motorbike at the lights, right. Who walks out in front of me on the road, crossing the road? Who? Tom Harwood. Really? Resplendent in his, um, his uh, what's that expensive kind of coat that people wear, like um, Nigel Farage? I can't remember. Cashmere coat. Yeah, tripping along in his cashmere coat. And I thought, is he going to the den? And I was there right at the lights, and I was sat on 600cc of motorbike, and, I, and he walked slowly across the road chatting to some, some fat guy from Guido, I think. And... Um, I looked and I thought, I've got, I've got, I've got the throttle under my hand. I've got, I've got this power in this, in this motorcycle. I've got him, I've got him in my sights. And, and he crossed the road and I didn't do anything. You gutless twat. You could have, yeah. you could have taken a hit for the team there. I could have saved the world from so much pain and misery and he got away. And I, I've just, I just, I just <sighs> sort of looked at him walking away and thought that was it. I could have been a hero, but now I'm a loser. I was a bit gutless the other day. So I was at a private school, uh, took my son to a, a cricket match. Um, very nice private school, as they so often are. Uh, mm. three, only three cricket ovals, though, so it's only kind of semi-posh, semi-posh school. Um, so the cricket pavilion, there was a sort of the middle bit. It had to, on the sides, it had the changing rooms and toilets. In the middle was like a glass pavilion thing. And I, I sat in front of the glass pavilion because I didn't want to get in the way of the walkway. Mm. And someone came out and told me, oh, please don't sit here. You can't sit here. Um, why not? Because they're um, about to have a vaccine clinic. So, and then I realised this this was a nurse. There was a bunch of NHS people in there uh -huh. with all their vaccine stuff. I shouldn't say that word, should I? We'll get banned. Ooh. All their big V stuff set up, ready to mm -hmm. go. And I thought they're asking me to move out the way so that I wouldn't, you know, block the queues because <clears throat> they were clearly expecting to have massive queues of of students lining up to get the shot. Um, and I didn't say it. Perhaps I should have said something about, you know, them, you know, something subtle like them being murderers. But yeah. I decided not to. I thought, well, it's not going to change what they're about to do. And I'll probably just get kicked out and my son will get kicked out of the, the team. So I didn't say anything. Discretion but I was is pleased, the best part of valor. Sometimes it is. I was pleased to notice that not a single student queued up to go in. Yeah. And the one time I got up and walked past it, I noticed there was only one student in there. And I'm not even sure if they were getting the needle or not, or whether they were just in there talking to someone. Wow. 
So no one's actually getting it. The students aren't getting it. I mean, I've, I've seen figures recently. I can't remember the, the, the exact numbers, but the, the, the amount of students getting the big V is actually pretty low. And the amount of little kids getting it, it's something like 5% or something. It's tiny. Basically, only the, the, the biggest loony bedwetters are sending their kids, their little kids to get it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still out there, this this kind of activity. I saw there was a, 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 like an NHS van doing the uh, the uh, lethal injections the other day, actually, down at the supermarket I was at. I was at, okay, I was at Little. Okay, there's no shame in that. Little's good. Um, but, yeah, they had one of these little uh, mobile um, um, death injector vans. Sorry, um, mobile um, V units. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're still trying it on. I wonder why. I wonder why they're doing it at this point. Well, it, it turns out also that um, you know most people now mm. technically qualify as unvaxxed. The majority of people in Britain qualify as unvaxxed, of course, seeing, yeah. yes, seeing yeah. as you know the, 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 these these big V's wear off, yeah. the supposed effects wear off mm. after a few months, and a majority of people have not had the the third one or the earlier ones. Yeah. So actually, the majority of people in the country are, have not had not officially classed as big V'd. Mm. So forget all this stuff about, oh, it's only 5 or 10% of the country, you know, a bunch of crazy holdouts who aren't having it. Yeah. Technically speaking, most people in Britain are not V-A-X-X-E-D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true. I just wonder if this is a thing of, like, keeping the fear going at the local level, you know, and somehow in areas like where I am, which is not in a city, which is semi-rural, um, you know you know little villages you know typically with sort of very weak community bonds poor transport and lots of older people you know it's kind of a sort of very easy captive market to to go around still pushing this stuff and and keep people feeling that the threat is out there because you know you're beginning to see messaging in parts of the media maybe not necessarily in england but certainly overseas i think my mother was saying in australia they're starting to talk about you know covid surging again you know and they're sort of doing this thing of prepping it for the kind of winter months i think in the uk aren't they you know i mean there was that stupid tweet by christopher snowden the idiot libertarian tard um this morning um talking about you know oh oh all the conspiracy theorists will be will be crying into their beer kind of thing you know they still got chemtrails you know because uh, he was talking uh, he was pointing out that apparently you know the um, the nhs you know pass covid pass thing has expired or isn't being used anymore of course the international pass is still being used um, but again it's it's snowden making out like oh it's all kind of gone away because the government said uh, it's finished now and uh, you believe the government do you chris yeah. You believe governments. You're a libertarian, and you believe what governments tell you, Chris. Let's let's just pause and think about that for a moment, idiot boy. Uh, yeah. So that's just me. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even see that because I blocked Snowden. I hate him. So well, much I blocked now. him as well. <laughs> but actually, somebody linked to something like a t that tweet, and I said, "Oh, what's he said?" And I went and looked because you can still look at people you've blocked. Yeah. And yeah. And, and and okay. Yeah. I just. Well, where do you start with these guys, you know, uh, anyway, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're a libertarian. What about, Chris, what about talking about the EU and its COVID pass, which is introducing? Sure, yeah, I mean. When, uh, when does he ever criticise the government these days, except for, <laughs> you know, little, little things? Oh, he's so edgy and out there. He's always criticising the government. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. He's always um, having his tongue right up their bottom and doing exactly what they say. So yeah. uh, well done, uh, Chris Snowden. He's, uh, he's come from the wrong side of the tracks. He's made good. 
Ah, oh, there's so many of these stories, aren't there? These uh, these people who've worked their way up into positions of influence and, and somehow don't seem to reflect anything we tell them. Uh, yeah. But uh, there you go. Populism, not popular this year. Here's a bit um, of populism from America. This is an oh. ad I quite like. I mean, it's probably yeah. from another guy who's a total phony, but oh, I like okay. the ad anyway. Okay. Has the fastest growing population in the country. Idaho has the fastest growing population in the country. The, the title is the same. Don't let Idaho you know turn into California. Race, we trash oh. out one part of the planet and then we move on and find another place. <laughs> Growth could be a frightening thing for many Idahoans. They are scared Idaho will turn into another California and the beloved gym state lifestyle will vanish like the woolly mammoth. We've shared stories on how growth is affecting Idaho communities in ways they couldn't imagine. Idaho has developed a problem. Idaho's opioid epidemic. Overdose deaths to record levels, and it's happening right here in Idaho. Today is International Transgender Visibility Day. Dozens of LGBTQ advocates gathered outside the Idaho Capitol building. Trans rights supporters say it's more important than ever to be loud and proud. Men and women took a bold stance in downtown Coeur d'Alene Monday, vowing to protect businesses from potential looters. Things uh, sure have changed since uh, 1960. Don't let Idaho turn into California. Well, I'm afraid it's going that way. Seems very sensible advice, though, doesn't it? I mean, uh, looking at some of that footage, I saw that clip of uh, that street scene, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, you think, you know, Snake Plissken is probably looking at that and thinking twice, to be honest. Um, you know, pretty bleak stuff. But yeah, I mean, that is the way. And I hate the way they always frame this stuff as, you know, oh, you know, conservative conservatives are just frightened of change. They're just frightened of change, folks. Yeah, no, yeah, no change into something you know that uh, remember that resembles the uh, the uh, the end scenes of Threads. Yeah, yeah, we, I'm I'm frightened of that change. Yeah, uh, correct. I hold my hand up and I tell you I am uh, definitely frightened of that sort of change. Uh, yeah, why should we be ashamed of saying? Well, I'm not frightened, frightened of change. change. I, I I want change. I want the yeah. world to become very different. I'm a oh. radical. Ah yes, you you uh, ultra far right fascist. Do you want things to change back? To, change uh, back. That's right. Ah, they might have been before. I mean, I, what what do you want us to go back to the nineteen fifties, Hector? Uh, do you want us to all sit round listening to the wireless and beating our wives? I guess that's what you mean, isn't it, fascist? Um, but no, that's not what you mean, is it? You you want it isn't. Just... No, well, apart from the beating my wife bit. I mean, that's that's fair enough. I mean, you know, they they do they do need a beating now and again. But I mean, uh, no, no, yeah, in Minecraft. Um, but yeah, that's 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 always the framing, isn't it? You know, it's it's, it's your terror of progress. You know, progress that just ends up in everything uh, going downhill. And uh, yeah, Idahoans should be uh, uh, worried about turning into California because California ain't nice at the moment, no, is it? It's a disaster. And this is this Roe versus Wade stuff. This actually might really affect the states in that um, it, it's not if Roe versus Wade is overturned, it doesn't ban abortion. It just leaves it up to the states. So yeah. most most of the Democrat states will, of course, keep abortion. But some of those Republican states, well, say Republican, you know, some of those yeah. more convention conservative states, they they're gonna they're gonna either outlaw it or reduce the amount of weeks until you can get it done. Yeah. So that might stop a lot of this blue flight mm. um, of the the Democrat types who've 
had enough of California and moving to other states, but they're still pretty left wing and they still want to yeah. turn these other states into California. If the abortion laws put them off coming there, that might be a good thing for those states. I mean, tempering it with the wisdom, of course, you know, that Nathan C.J. Hood is uh, mentioning in the chat, the GOP will just turn it into California 10 years slower than the Dems. So yeah. you wonder if, I mean, obviously there's these states which have the trigger laws, um, I understand, which means that if Roe Ro v. Wade is overturned, that they will automatically go to, uh, you know, abortion bans. And why not, frankly? I think uh, yeah, abortion gets a tad overused. Um, you know, I, I knew girls at university who would would... I mean, it's as people say, they were just using it as post facto contraception and they would refer to it as kind of like having terminations and stuff and kind of minimize, uh, you know, the uh, the kind of what I recognize now is the sheer you know, gut filled horror of it. Um, but, um, yeah, there is that problem, I guess, with Republicans in America that they may they may try and do that thing of trying to please all the people all the time and just say, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just carry it out in a more moderated way and there'll be more regulations and there'll be more checking and, and, and effectively the, the, the situation continue, um, you know, with a, only a very slight throttling, uh, as it were. No, I don't, you know, not, didn't intend to use that word throttling, but you know what I mean? They'll, yeah. keep, it, uh, they'll keep it on that, you know, progressivism driving at the speed limit kind of leash. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's, there's always grounds to be cynical about America, but then on the other hand, and actually, it's interesting, isn't it? We've got like to nearly within 50 minutes of the end of the show without mentioning the Roe v. Wade situation. Um, I don't know about you, not, not personally in favor of abortion as a casual contraception. I, I guess you probably uh, disagree with me, Hector, being uh, the terrible liberal that you are. Uh, well, it it kind of depends how it may, may be earlier on. I don't know. It, it depends on how advanced the fetus is, and I don't claim yeah. to know. How, how old is Matt Hancock? How many this? weeks? Um, you know, we should make exceptions, I guess, for for older older children. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that, that I think abortion should never happen. I'm not. I'm not as fundamentalist on it as yeah. perhaps you are. Um, right. But certainly, the idea that you're aborting, but um, fetuses or babies who are who are who could survive if they were yeah. taken out of the womb at that point become human beings that that seems far too much mm. yeah it's a tricky it's, one yeah i mean it's one of those topics like i suppose drug legalization that i've always been very unsure of and i don't claim to have any any strong answers mm. on that strong mm. answers on a lot of things but some of those issues not so much yeah i mean i guess maybe it's just me in where i am now i guess i'm very much reminded as i say <laughs> london rainer mentions in the chat simon knew a lot of girls who had abortions but only as friends <laughs> yeah they know they were and generally they were all sorts of like girls who were going to like catholic schools weirdly enough and um yeah there was a lot of naughty behavior at catholic schools but i remember the particular friend i had who had a couple of uh, abortions she then went on later to write a book on motherhood you can't you can't even see for the irony can you <laughs> she, I think she felt a little bit guilty later on in life. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all I'm saying. But I don't think. I, well, I think idea. I think the important thing about this ruling, if it happens, you know, it's yeah. not just the abortion thing, but also handing back some powers to the states. Because let's face it, mm. the U.S. federal government has become like an evil overlord, uh, and is is forcing all the ruling classes' attitudes yeah. on all the states. And it would help if the states got a bit more power back. Yeah. Create a bit of diversity there, a bit of diversity amongst <laughs> the states and their laws. I cheeky, I see what you did there using that word diversity in there. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I wonder how much of this is a bit of a tease, though. You know, this this whole leaking thing. I wonder how much of this is a confected leak simply to rally the shrieking hordes of uh, the orcish left to mobilize against it and uh, and bully, bully uh, the Supreme Court down. 
uh, into uh, acquiescing uh, meekly to uh, the continuation of said laws. But um, you know, we shall see. But I just have, oh, a, yeah, I have a feeling there's an element here that's you well, know clearly the leaking was was designed to do that. That's why it was leaked, and and, and that it's actually planned to a greater extent that it will be. Uh, you know, the, the source. What you mean planned? Motor. You think you think the judges were part of it? Uh, well, no, but I think I think uh, I don't think. You know, I don't think about things. I just sort of come up with opinions. They just form on the uh, front of my lips, and I uh, spew them into the world, uh, hoping that everything will be all right. But uh, in this case, I'm just nah, it's not so sure. I'm just a little bit concerned that it some won't... people are some people are saying, oh, this this is probably all just deliberately done to distract from um, COVID and stuff well, like that. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure about that because I. Th Think, no doubt there are people working in the Supreme Court system who did get outraged about this, and mm. there was someone who was um, fingered. Perhaps not, that's not Good the Lord. right word, but oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there was someone who worked for one of the judges who apparently is an, a total uh, abortion freak who, who may have done yeah. the leaking, um, and they probably didn't need any prompting uh, to leak it. But I mean, no. I think the main problem with the idea that this was designed to distract is there's always things that can be used as distraction. Well, of course, you you yeah. don't particularly need to really go around creating them because there's always something pretty much every day in the news that the media could choose to to confect um, some huge outrage about. So I'm not sure you really need to deliberately do it. I mean, I saw I saw people talking about, oh, all of this stuff is very interesting because a certain large pharmaceutical company, uh, there was some sort of data dump on uh, stuff they had been doing. And uh, there was... Yeah. Yeah, that sort of talk going around. But, so uh, it could be a distraction from that, but then that, they don't need a distraction from that. They're just not reporting it. Mm. The media is just completely yeah. ignoring it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about something lighthearted and fun. Let's talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, who Joe has just mentioned in the chat. Uh, what, uh, what, uh, what, uh, you know, wholesome uh, kind of uh, parable can we uh, derive from the uh, the sorry tale of uh, Johnny and Am's? Um, yeah, I must say, uh, Amber Heard, I, I was quite struck by her when I saw The Rum Diary years ago. And I thought, oh, she's quite, quite a fine sort of uh, Germanic-looking blonde, the sort that I kind of like. But um, apparently it turns out she's a mentalist freak. Uh, who would have thought that about a pretty girl? Um, but um, what, what's, your, what's your feelings on the uh, Johnny and Amber story? Have you, have you seen any of the kind of court, court hearing? Are you, are you serious? Yeah, um, so that's Hector's take on all of this. He is uh, signally, signally unimpressed with the uh, the courtroom shenanigans um, of, of Johnny and Amber. Um, I must say, I mean, Johnny himself, although people are kind of rooting for him, he doesn't come across particularly well. He, he comes across pretty comatose, actually. They're, um, they're, all Hollywood, they're all Hollywood creeps. It's Hollywood, folks. It's enter That's entertainment. And, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, but uh, today's little viral is uh, apparently a little, uh, a little bit of footage of her apparently blowing her nose into a white handkerchief and then looking suspiciously like uh, she's just inhaled a, a, a line of uh, Colombian marching powder that would uh, make Scarface blush. Um, oh, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, so uh, uh, people saying that uh, she's uh, definitely got the kahunas in that relationship being prepared to uh, you know, whack a bit of Charlie up her schnoz uh, under the uh, eyes of the judge. Um, yeah, I. Uh, oh, she I did this in court. Apparently, yeah. This is this is footage of her actually looking like she's trying to make it look. Yeah, she was acting. She was you know, using her tremendous acting powers to make it look like she was blowing her nose, and she kind of wipes it on her nose, and then does that kind of little sniff and like rub your nose kind of thing that <laughs> coke addicts classically do. 
um, and uh, and looks a little bit wide-eyed after it. Um, I'm not saying she was uh, taking any illicit drugs in court, uh, but she was stuffing cocaine up her nose. Right. Um, and and um, I don't want to be sued, Mr. Depp, or, or Miss Heard. I thought we'd end up with uh, a little bit of a little bit of music, which I'm uh, trying yeah. to see if I can get past without getting a copyright claim against yeah. us. If we, we definitely do, it doesn't matter. As long as we don't get a strike, that's the main thing. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's just play a bit of this. Okay. But here's an old song, Lawrence. I think you said it was your favorite. Paper doll. The the video quality is terrible. I'm sorry. I know this song. I'm gonna buy a paper doll. I do not blame you. And then the flirty, flirty guys with their flirty, flirty eyes will we'll have, have to, to look with for dollies. Right, I'll just try and find the mute button for Simon. When I come home at night, she will be waiting. Oh, will she? She'll be the truest doll in all this world. I'd rather have a paper doll to call my own than have a fickle find a real love All right, that'll, that'll do. Stop us getting a copyright claim. We'll Excellent. see how that goes. As featured in The Singing Detective, the original series from the BBC, 1986, with Michael Gambon. That paper right? doll. Yeah, that's right, it was in that, wasn't it? Beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we're ending on a nice, wholesome, uplifting note. The weather's not so good today, so I can't encourage people to go out into uh, the garden and have a nice glass of wine, but um, they can uh, reflect on uh, the joy of being alive in 2022 and how things are, like Tony Blair said, only going to get better. Yeah, although they're actually going to get worse. That's right. Um, but you can help things get better by subscribing and liking this channel. Yeah. Um, buy my face mask cult book. Yes. Um, and also my old novel. Just send uh, money. As I say, just send, send crate loads money. of money. Just send an Amazon truck full of <laughs> or bullion. Even, or even, even just a fiver would help. Fiver would help, you know. I mean, you know, 20 quid, Loza. I mean, you know, just, I'm not saying anything, but, you know, just send money. You know, that's it. Like, uh, you know, like at Christmas time when your nana says, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a pair of socks or should I just give you money? And you say, here's my bank details, nana. Please just transfer the money in uh, by 3 p.m. today so it shows on my account by this evening. Thank you very much. Uh, and that'll be fine. Uh, you know, I'm not saying we're cheap, but, you know, we are We are definitely. I, I, heard, I heard the rumor is that Loz is going to come round to your house mm. and give you the amount. It's going to dump the amount on your front doorstep in 1p coins. I think he would do something like that, actually, if somebody gave him that idea. But I'm trusting that people won't give him that idea, London Raider. Please do not tag Loza in any kind of uh, amusing tweet where you make a, a sort of uh, helpful suggestions once again. Um, but, uh, yeah, that would be uh, that would be nice. Maybe I can get it off him in crypto of some kind and uh, I can do my bit for Matt Hancock uh, and uh, all his uh, good works in the world. And, um, you know, let's see how that goes. Yeah, and um, being asked for a link to my book so i'll uh yeah i'll just put a link buy hector's chat. book um and send him all your cash because let's let's face it putting it in a bank isn't going to be any good this year it is going to be losing money and hector will hold on to the money and it would increase in value 
because he will uh, no i'm not on thomas barden reese's show at the moment and joe you're on Hen you're halfway through henry the sixth excellent work i am going to be talking about shakespeare's henry the sixth on uh, a certain channel which i'm not allowed to name on the uh, 16th of may when we're doing a, a, a stream called the plays the thing for the deepest law and i'll be talking about other plays as well and we're all bringing three plays to talk about and we're gonna have a jolly good time that's me aa and Ferro uh, on his channel on the 16th do tune in yeah and um mark jennings saying i'm skint that's fair enough obviously if you're skint don't send money in that case they would expect you to send alcohol instead that's it yeah or firstborn children i guess how you, you get know, hold of it is skin. without money that's that's up to you yeah there you go yeah have, okay so we, we got, finished there for today yeah have we got any uh pearls of wisdom to uh throw over people's faces in a sort of necklace formation uh that uh, we could do no no no, no nothing no. nothing no well everybody have a, a jolly good weekend try not to overdose on uh, non-prescription medication to deaden, deaden the pain of being alive uh, and we will hopefully see you next week uh, we won't see you of course because we can't see you we just have to imagine what you look like but uh, we will be here uh, blethering on as usual about uh, nothing in particular yep so we'll see you next week thanks for tuning in good night and god bless america <laughs>